Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. We go. It is the second day of November 2022. This is the horn. Head on is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. It's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Mary Wacky's any real-time multimedia madcap extravaganza known far and wide as the uh, horn chat room. If you pop in just right here this very instant, you'll be greeted by early arriver. Squeaky and capably moderated by pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia Stan. Um, hi, I'm Robin. Uh, listen, um, I'm, I'm just being brutally honest here. I don't know how much good I'm going to be this evening. I will try to get through three hours of radio, but my mind is somewhere else. And I apologize for that. But when I explain, I think you'll understand why. Um, my little five-month-old granddaughter, our little five-year-old, five-month-old granddaughter, is in the hospital with RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. Her parents put her in the car and took her there last night because she just wasn't breathing at all well. And she's sick because RSV is brutal. The littlest among us. Um, Her grandparents are absolutely beside themselves. I mean me, I mean Annette, I mean uh, our daughter-in-law's mama and daddy. Uh, Our five-year-old granddaughter is getting better. And we just, uh, just got word a little bit ago that 
they're going to keep Lily, Jenny, in the hospital for another night. They would have transferred her to a more skilled care facility last night. But there is not a single bed available in the entire state of West Virginia, nor in surrounding states. Um, our son told us the little one-month-old got life-flighted out of there earlier today. And the parents didn't even have the wherewithal to be able to jump in the car and go wherever it was they were sending the baby. Um, this is terrifying. And it is a, it, it is a brutal thing to contemplate the unspeakable. And so that's why I say I don't know how much good I'll be this evening. On top of that, if need be, I may have to blow out of here at a moment's notice to go over to the hospital. Because we are a one-vehicle family. And if I do that, I will beg your kind indulgence. Right now, the young parents are planning on spending another night in the hospital with their little girl. And the, the, the feeling of impotent powerlessness, I, I think that may be a redundancy. Is, is maddening. And some things just go through you. Um, my son came home briefly this morning because he had to go and get replacement HEPA filters for the air purifier in Junie's space. And as innocently as any, in, in, any little human being can be, our five-year-old granddaughter looked up and simply said, Is Lily dead? And we all rushed to tell her, no, no, honey, no. She's sick. She's sick. She's going to get better, just like you're getting better. And she looked at us and said, I want my baby sister home. Oh, my. Oh, my. So that is... The state of things here 
and to say that I'm a mess is the understatement of the day. So I will, I will, I will beg your forbearance of this um, state that I am in. Thank you, Darlene. Kind note coming from Darlene just now. Um, yeah, yeah, Darlene, she's got a pretty ugly case of RSV. This entire state is awash in it, and are as are the states surrounding. And of course, you know, we... We, uh, I mean, it, it, everything, every, everything is part of everything else. And the babies got this at their pediatrician's office. Because they had well baby checkups. Both of them. And there's a sign on the door that says, do not enter the waiting area. Please remain in your car. Let us know you're here, and we will call you when it's time to come in. And please have everyone wearing a mask. As you can well imagine, that is exactly what does not happen. And, you know, you, you, you can't blame the little ones, but you can damn sure blame the parents. No mask. For either the parents or the children, and they just go snotting and sashaying right into the waiting area. And the problem is, RSV is arguably more communicable, more contagious than COVID. And yes, the babies have been swabbed. It ain't COVID. If it was COVID, they would probably, given how COVID behaves with little ones, they would probably uh, laugh it right off. But this is hell on children, and it is especially hell on newborns and the littlest infants. And um, we are we are all just in a state of I don't even know what kind of what word to use. And look at me. Practitioner of the art of word knowing. Um, so that 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 explains why I am the way I am. I, I looked at Annette 
before I came to the studio, and I said, I don't know how to do this. You know, because usually these little three hours, no matter what's going on, these three hours are a refuge for me, and I suspect for many of us, where we can put things aside and look at the, the, the wider world. And I badly want to be able to do that. But this is America. This is America where uh, if, you, if, it, you know, if you come up with a vaccine to a deadly virus, a shit ton of Americans won't take it because freedom or because their orange god emperor tells them not to, or the son of a former Democratic presidential candidate says that that vaccines cause autism. You know, fuck you, nitwit Nero, and fuck you, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Really with about an eight-foot-long, dried-out cactus. This is a country where a mask is some sort of a, an indication of enslavement to the state instead of a recognition that it does a pretty damn good job of reducing the communicability of disease. I, it, it, it makes me crazy. Oh, and by the way, um, this stuff, the, 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 the virus is in our schools. You got a bunch of kids out with it all over the place in the schools. You know, they're older kids. You know, elementary school. And the teachers are going absolutely bonkers trying to keep everything wiped down. I mean, you can imagine what it must be like to, say, be a pre-K teacher or a kindergarten teacher, you know, where all the kids just sit in the classroom and go, (coughs) and don't cover their mouths and stick their little tongues out. (coughs) And and, and, And you love them and you try to teach them and you teach them their hand washing and hope for the best and the day ends and you get you know it's your job to go through and use the the bleach wipes or whatever and go over every hard surface because this shit can live on hard surfaces for eight hours and that even as we speak is is cleaning for all she's worth And trying to do exactly that, go you know, sanitize sanitize all the hard surfaces around here. This is a this is a lot. Thank you, Theo. Theo says, "Do what you have to do. Family concerns are non-negotiable. We'll manage." I know. And I'll manage, too. We'll manage here. And I may as well be here as anywhere else because 
I'm just going to sit around eating my own liver otherwise. I don't often come on here and moan and groan, but that, that, that I wanted you to know, because I know, I know what my head, I know where my head is, and it is not in this space. Well, thank you, Don. Don in West Tennistan says, Damn, Robin, speaking for all of us in the Horn family, we're behind you. Thank you. Thank you. Darlene said, Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. How old is she? Jesus, this country's falling apart. It is, and she is, um, you know me in cipher, and I thought she was about to be six months old, but no, she is about to be five months old. And God, she is such a little darling. Brain, have some common decency and just go away on your own, okay? Not up for it this evening, and I won't be nice about it. Thank you, Ralph. Ralph says, oh, no, get well soon, Lily June. <sighs> Thank you, Ralph. But again, this isn't about me or my family. This is about a, this is about a virus that is absolutely inundating the country. Remember back when we were really in the teeth of the pandemic, and 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 there were and, and there were no, and there were no no beds. We're there with this. Only it's the tiniest among us who are suffering. Um. But we'll figure out a way through and of course every program here at the horn begins with gratitude even when the gratitude is happening 20 minutes into the program and so we say thank you to our second day of the month subscribers so thank you and uh, thank you in, uh, entirely to Elizabeth and thank you to Rocco Thank you immensely. Thank you to Cecilia. Um, where's the fundraising goal right now? Uh, it is at $425. Uh, thank you to an anonymous friend of the program uh, for a have a show on me. That got us down to $125. If we can raise $125, we'll be good. We will be caught up for today. And quite honestly, it's needed. The bills are, are what the bills are, and on top of all of that, all of this running and getting and going is putting an extreme strain on things here. So thank you in advance, and thank you profoundly to our anonymous friend for the Have a Show on Me. Thank you so much. Uh, Tracy asks... Um, any improvement? Well, her O2 sats dropped into the 80s, and 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 they she spent the night on oxygen, and they're back, uh, you know, they're back well up into the 90s. Um, but it just it it fluctuates because, I guess, one of the the symptoms of RSV 
is just massive production of well there went there goes dinner in the eastern daylight time zone phlegm and mucus of course phlegm and mucus sound like uh sound, sounds sounds like the name of a, a i don't know a pro trump entertainment hat scare quotes entertainment duo and so um, Junie's mama has been going at it almost nonstop, um, suctioning little 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 Junie's uh, airways, and said she's just so 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 stopped up. And you know, mama is sick too from being so in such close proximity to the babies. Same for my son. Um, because I spend a lot of time back here in the studio, I'm not quite so exposed. Plus, I've taken to wearing a mask in the house, as has Annette. And ironically, uh, Pfizer, and, and I'm sure it will, will be thoroughly denounced by the people who drink pee-pee by the pint and wear onions in their socks and, and uh, you know, gargle, gargle with uh, antifungal ferret paste. But Pfizer is on the brink of an RSV vaccine. Which can, which may very well turn out to be a total game changer uh, in terms of even the common cold. But they're hope to hoping to have it out in time for next year's season. Not available right now, and I don't even know if they could titrate it down. Or a five-month-old. So that's you know, that's where that stands. But it does feel that way, Darlene. It feels like this country is coming apart, and the the weirdness is ramping up. Yeah, you're right, Rick. In Europe, says there goes lunch in the Pacific. I know. Um. But there's there's stuff to go into for this prayer meeting Wednesday. I'm going to forego all the prayer meeting stuff uh, because the little old blue-haired ladies and the little old blue-haired men in the cathedral of common sense are beside themselves, too, seeing as how they're entirely imaginary and live in my head. The deacons, the deacons are, The deacons are too worried to go out in the parking lot and smoke with the sinners. But we do have some prayer meeting-ish stuff. You're familiar by now, I trust, with uh, the entirely odious and disgusting Matt Walsh, the man who describes himself as a theocratic 
uh, fascist. And he's not doing so humorously. Well, uh, Matt Walsh showed up at the uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, you know, the, 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 main, the main campus of UW, beautiful campus. And I'm still trying to figure out why the University of Wisconsin-Madison allowed student funds to be used to pay a guy who says he's a theocratic fascist to speak on campus, but it didn't, you know, he was not well received, let's put it that way. Uh, A number of protesters came out and, and chanted on the UW campus, and I'm, I'm proud of them for it. That's nice. Thank you. It's true. Oh, but the folks at the, 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 the little wing nuts and the, and the folks at the Young America Foundation, because you have to understand, uh, Matt Walsh is running a crusade um, against the gender nonconforming community. He's called for us to be murdered in cold blood. Um, in addition, he's promoted the, uh, uh, along with the Young America Foundation, oh dear, has promoted the story that uh, uh, David DePape, who attacked Paul Pelosi, uh, uh, was uh, a gay leftist. Yeah, really. Among other things, they uh, quote tweeted a uh, a tweet from a creep by the name of Jackson Vander Vanderbeeken. FBI visits Berkeley home tied to Pelosi beating suspect. The Victorian is dubbed a hippie collective by neighbors, and the Young America Foundation said. Uh, Pride flag, BLM sign, Berkeley stands united against hate sign, definitely a conservative home. Oh, for pity's sakes. But that's, you know, that's what the Young America Foundation is, just a bunch of sick bastards. Thank you, Trey. Trey says, I'm thinking about you, my friend. Sorry for the tough times. Thank you, Trey. That means a lot to me. I do appreciate it. Um, but anyway, uh, they, the, 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 the conservative outrage machine went into uh, when it went into full uh, 
you know, flank speed, and uh, they turned it up to 11 because one of the UW students at the protest was seen... Um, tearing pages out of what they said was a Bible, and uh, one individual began eating the pages. Kel or No, for pity's sakes. Of course, they wouldn't have said a word if it had been a Quran. They would have joined right in. Uh, one idiot said, uh, uh, young America, protesters have now shredded the Bible and one began eating pages. And some, uh, some idiot said, there will be a day when they answer for this. Sadly, they will remember it for eternity. Satan is the great deceiver, and he has so many deceived. Oh, pick up the pages, honey, and stick them somewhere. Heartbreaking. Lord, I pray they ask for forgiveness and turn to Jesus Christ before it's too late. So, uh, there's still no real answer as to why the university, and this is the primary question, why the University of Wisconsin at Madison used university monies to pay a fascist. Um, that's just... Um, and, and, and he's the one driving, among, along with the uh, libs of TikTok, a Twitter account, uh, driving the animus against the gay community under the guise of an attack on the trans community uh, over you know, drag queens. If you want to know who, li- who, who, who allies with him, it's enough to say that uh, the Proud Boys and other white supremacists showed right up for a rally to end child mutilation. And uh, they blather on about all this mutilation, but they never say a word about the real mutilation, you know, the mutilation of little newborn boy babies or AMAB babies. But this is the, the, the this is the this is the vicious fascism the, the the spasm in which we find ourselves. By the way, Nitwit Nero has uh, jumped in uh, on the uh, on the attack on Paul Pelosi. That man could not. You know, you have the right, Nitwit. Julius Geezer, you have the right to remain silent. You should try it for once. It's uh, weird things going on in that household in the last couple of weeks. You know, probably you and I are better not talking about it. But 
the last, it seems, was broken from the inside to the out. And, you know, that was so it wasn't a break in. It was a breakout. I don't know. You know, you hear the same things I do. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the 9-11 tape seems to suggest that uh, they that he knew the identity of the guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of bad stuff. I'm not a fan a of nine eleven tape, but what's going on there is very sad. Yeah, I just it seems to me there would be security evidence of this. There just seems to be more to this story. Would it would it be yep. safe to say? This is I think more than the traffic accident it looks like to me. I <laughs> but, think the but traffic accident. But depend on Republicans or you out. sir. I mean, how absurd. Clearly this was a deranged man. We know that much. Yeah. It's the whole thing is crazy. I mean, if there's even a little bit of truth to what's being said, it's crazy, but it, it the window was broken in and it was strange that the cops were the you know, standing there practically from from the moment it all took place. So I don't know. You're going to have to explain that to your audience. You're going to have to explain <laughs> it to everybody, including me, because that one's figuring out Russia and figuring out uh, China is much easier. Yeah, well, it would. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in time we're going to learn more if, in fact, there's uh, a curious. I, I think I think this is the beginning. It's it looks but it's a sad situation. Very sad, actually. Anybody, does anybody have maybe a little oil and vinegar for that word salad? What is this horse shit about the police were practically standing there? Well, that's not true. Or the window was broken out and not in, huh? I mean, this is, Jesus. A remarkable exercise, says Theo in the Great Northwest, in twaddleography. <laughs> That's a great word. Uh, he, he's not okay, and as Darlene noted, uh, it sounds like Nitwit Nero has a cold. I hope he doesn't suffer too little. No, actually, Darlene, he doesn't have a cold. This is what happens when he doesn't snort the Adderall on the daily, on the hourly. Because uh, recall, please, that we have already long since learned that Nitwit Nero uh, has a uh, has an Adderall problem. And so, uh, you know, the cops did get there within minutes after the nine one one call, which Paul Pelosi initiated. And uh, so they weren't practically standing there. Over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, um, they're they're still jacking off, you know, just asking asking questions. You're just asking who you. This certainly seems strange. So that's not going to get any nicer. Matt in San Francisco noting 45. This former president is so busy with his business that he has time to call into right wing podcasters and wax on idiotically about a variety of internet conspiracy theories. So we can infer when not calling into podcasts, he's listening to right-wing nutchucks. Sure, let's put him back in the Oval. What could possibly go wrong? 
right, Matt. It, it, that that would be great for America. And then, of course, having been thoroughly roasted for his Paul Pelosi Halloween costume, you know, a, tie, a pair of tidy whities and a claw hammer, um, Trader Tot, you know, Jr., went on to say that the attack was heinous. Yeah, that, that just dawned on him. Um, but then he went on and said, yeah, this wouldn't happen Uh, in his pose. So they're saying that if California actually enforced our immigration laws, this heinous attack would never have happened? Good to know. Because, hey, look, the Republicans have finally found a, Can- a, a Canadian immigrant that they... Oh, dear. Yeah. And he went on describing his tacky, stupid um, Halloween tweet by saying, you know, if you switch out the hammer for a red feather boa, you could be Hunter Biden in an instant. Uh, He uh, deleted a nasty meme with a uh, South Park uh, screen grab from his Instagram account. And uh, D- David DePape apparently came from Powell River, British Columbia before he uh, moved to the Bay Area where he was apparently active in nudist circles and made hemp jewelry I mean, that's a very, well, I mean, that's all just a stereotype, isn't it? But he was also, uh, and, 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 you know, I've met people, no, not nudist hemp jewelry makers. But, yeah, I've met people who were nominally left, who with the rise of nitwit Nero, suddenly found their inner fascist. I mean, look at Tulsi Gabbard. There's 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 no small number of these people. I don't get it. Um. It, yeah, uh, it, Matt says, "Damn Canadians, you got to watch them." After being here for twenty years, the snap, they snap, must be where they come from. It couldn't be anything they picked up on our soil. Yeah, it's damn Canadians. It, Easy, easy. Uh, lay off the canoodlians, Matt. You don't want to know what happens when hillbillies move to the Bay Area. Setting up moonshine stills and the like. And, you know, throwing... Cook, cook it. Import, importing ramps every spring and... And, and polluting entire neighborhoods with the with the pungent aroma of ramps and beans and ramps and eggs and ramps and ramps and ramp soup and ramps and taters and 
Yeah, I've said I've said for a long time that the rest of America really doesn't want to want the the uh, detritus of a depopulated Appalachia. And you know, it's uh, <laughs> Darlene said. Uh, if you think about it, Paul Pelosi was uh, a boss with how he handled the assailant insurrectionist. Did great for an eighty-two-year-old dude under dis- under duress. And how long did it take the police to subdue that asshole? He was still able to get some swings at Mr. Pelosi with the hammer, and apparently Pelosi had suffered severe injuries to his hands. This incident could end his life prematurely, even if he survives the attack. He's still in ICU, the last I heard. You're right. And uh, they they fought for the control of the hammer. But can the right wing respect that? Hell no. Hell no. And uh, uh, Steve in New York pointing out uh, inner fascist Green Glenwald or Glenn Greenwald at some point became butt hurt Green Glenwald. Imagine that a gay dude who lived under Bolsonaro found his inner fascist. Some never learn. Oh, yeah. And, and he's, you know, he's all the way gone. I don't know how much of a liberal he ever really was because he was embraced. And remember, at one point in time, you know, we've talked about counsel for the parking garage. Uh, Green Glenwald was counsel for a, uh, I do not make this up, a uh, gay porn company. Hmm? Never mind. I don't know which is better, uh, which is better work, the gay porn company or the parking garage. I think the parking garage may, may be better money. I'm not sure. Um, and and yesterday, yesterday, and, and this is this is a clip just that just kind of makes you feel better, or it made me feel better. Appearing on um, Deadline White House on MSNBC yesterday, the former D.C. Metro Police Officer Michael Fanone took issue with GOP maggot gubernatorial nominee in Arizona stand, Carrie Lake, you know, the former talking head. And <laughs> it appears that the folks at uh, MSNBC had to, uh, had to reach for the dump button. Michael, is that hard to watch? I know you, I know these are your, these are people we've come to admire and we follow their stories with these three, your friends and colleagues. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I've gotten to know Mrs. Sicknick pretty well. And, um, I thought that was a powerful ad. Um, I mean, she's out there, I think, trying to, uh, do what all of us are trying to do here, which is bring accountability for January 6th. And, um, you know, I also support the fact that Carrie Lake's a piece of shit. So, um, I'm glad she did that. Oops. 
And no one is going to say that you haven't put it all out on the line in the bluntest terms possible. Um, Congressman, I didn't mean to suggest that you um, haven't either. Um, I guess the larger critique was, uh, you know, you look at where midterms defy history. It's when there is a real question about our security at home in 2002. And I think there is a real case to be made as Gladys Sicknick is making, that the lie endangers the homeland as gravely as anything ever did after September 11th. Um, and I know this specter of political violence is very real to you. Someone was found guilty of, of wanting to kill you and threatening to kill you. What do you make of those two primary tools that the Republicans are relying on now, the specter of political violence and adherence and loyalty to the big lie? And Nicole, that's why it does resonate with everyday Americans in all communities when you can connect the dots of violent political rhetoric when Ted Cruz's Facebook page and Marjorie Taylor Greene's Instagram page and Lauren Boebert's Twitter feed looks just like the Facebook, Instagram and Twitter feeds of these violent assailants, something is wrong and they're not condemning it. They're actually glorifying it. And they're inspiring these individuals to carry out these attacks. And January 6th, the way I look at it, was a centralized attack on our democracy. The attack against Paul Pelosi and others like Gretchen Whitmer, those are decentralized attacks. And the way to talk to voters about this is that this is coming to your community. It's coming to your school board. It's coming to your city council race. It's coming to your PTA meetings because the violent rhetoric continues to heat up. And unless we bring down the temperature, unless we bring community over chaos, it's going to affect every city in America. He's not wrong, Eric Swalwell. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't Mika Ralphs. That was Nicole uh, Wallace, and you know she's a she's a loyal bushy from back in the day. So naturally, she uses you know, the homeland. That phrase still grates on me. The uh, Hausland just translates so easily, doesn't it? But I, it, it's, it, God bless Michael Fanon. They were talking about uh, a newly, newly released ad from the Republican Accountability Project that goes after the uh, maggot uh, big lie proponent, Carrie Lake, in which uh, Brian Sicknick, the police officer who died shortly after January 6th, um, his mama shows up and excoriates Carrie Lake. And uh, that's what occasioned Michael Fanone to refer to Carrie Lake as a piece of shit. And no, they couldn't quite reach the dump button, could they? Or maybe they didn't want to. The only pity is that, uh, is that Michael Fanone doesn't get to look her in the eye and say that. Meanwhile, let's pop over to North Carolina. Um, these stories continue to be, well, they're, they're triggering as hell. 
Um, Bo Hines. You got to say that. Bo Hines. Bo Hines is the uh, G is the maggot nominee for the 13th congressional district in uh, North Carolina. Stan. And according to WRAL, a local news outlet there in Raleigh, Bo Hines, dear God, wants victims of rape and incest to be allowed access to abortion care only on a case-by-case basis through a community-level review process that is outside the jurisdiction of the federal government. I don't know how you get outside the jurisdiction of the Constitution of the United States and still be in the United States. But in short, uh, what Bo Hines wants are, uh, as Josh Marshall described them over at Talking Points Memo, rape panels. No, Stephen, New York, Bo Hines is not Duncan's boy, Duncan Hines. Oh, what am I going to do with you people? Yeah, you people, just Steve's. Yeah, I did. I did. You people, Bo Hines, Duncan Hines. Only if the cake is toxic. Um, Sherilyn Eiffel wrote of Bo Hines' idea for rape, rape panels. When I was raped in grad school, I had a pregnancy scare. I was lucky in that I didn't end up getting pregnant. If I had, I cannot imagine the trauma of undergoing a community-level review so that perfect strangers could decide if I should be sentenced to motherhood because of a crime someone else committed. Jesus. And, you know, if it start, it, 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 everything metastasizes through the Confederacy. If it starts in North Carolina, that guarantees there's going to be some asshat in Mississippi stand going, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Meanwhile, uh, in North Carolina, Ron and Raleigh writes, Here in North Carolina, our delightful lieutenant governor, that would be Mark Thompson. No, Mark. Oh, I'll come up with it in a minute. Reposted Trump Jr.'s Paul Pelosi Halloween costume meme. These people have no decency whatsoever. Mark Robinson. A word about the SCOTUS affirmative action case. Let me say that this country has had affirmative action since its inception. Uh, This country was affirmative about keeping anyone but white landowning men from doing a damn thing. When I attended UVA in 1969, the freshman class was 1,500 with 22 black men. To this day, I feel guilty about standing in the way of one more white man to have a place in that freshman class. Oh, yeah, Ron, I, I understand. I understand the, the, the sense of guilt that you must, that, that must attend uh, your, uh, your musings. I mean, uh, you may have kept... Uh, Murgatroyd, Murgatroyd Throckmorton Cabot the Sixth uh, from achieving all of his 
all, all of his dreams. Ooh, that's a hell of a name, Murgatroyd Throckmorton Cabot VI. I disagree with Swalwell, Steve says. We don't need to tone down the rhetoric. They need to tone down their rhetoric. I don't like McConnell or McCarthy, but I know I'm not calling for either of their deaths. I know we never blamed Steve Scalise. In fact, Bernie came out immediately and condemned the attack. Precisely. This is not a we problem. This is a them problem. Although recently, to be fair, um, Rand Paul, libertarian ophthalmologist and that thing on his head's spouse, decided to get all butt hurt because, you know, she's got a she's got a pogo stick up onto the cross in the, for the for the sake of of uh, her man uh she got mad at Casey Hunt because Casey Hunt somewhere along the way back at MSNBC reporting on um the the day, the day that uh, Rand Paul fucked around and found out cuz i mean it, it is it's a, yeah uh, that's what that's what happened, you know. When you treat people like shit, people are liable to respond, eh, something less than kindly, which was certainly the case uh, with uh, Rand Paul, libertarian ophthalmologist. And uh, that was years ago, of course. But, uh, well, Mrs. Libertarian Ophthalmologist um, got really, well, she she may forgive, but she don't forget. Right. Sure. Um, Oh, and yeah, late lunch in the Pacific time zone. Billable Rick says, how did Rick in Europe know that Billable was having a late lunch? Sorry to hear that your grandbaby and other family members have RSV. Nasty shit. Sending good vibes for a quick recovery for your grandbaby and family. Thank you. Thank you, Billable. Uh, this is, uh, this is, this is, it, it is. I, um, no, it, it's, 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 uh, Lord, it's terrible. just horrifying let's see here um, Oh wow! Okay, I'm a I'm a day behind. I'm so confused. Monday was Halloween, and we're, this is Wednesday, and I was thinking, wait a minute, don't we have the Green News report? No, no, Robin, we do not have the Green News report. We absolutely do not. Thank you, Lady B. Lady B says, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." Absolute sincere prayers, not just to whomever, but also to guide the doctor's hands and the pediatric nurses who will watch over her like a hawk. 
pediatric nurses give a shit. They will do everything they can. I promise you, your baby granddaughter will get better help than us adults will ever deserve. When it comes to politics, we tend to focus on the negative a lot, but when it comes to family, we're all in this together. We love you, Robin. Th- take, our, take our hands. Thank you, Lady B. Thank you. I don't have babies of my own, Lady B says, and I'm not as profoundly poetic and insightful as Jude. She weaves her sentiments into beautiful reassurance and compliments. She makes us comfortable with her love and insight. But I know this much. If I had my way, I'd be in a jar in ashes before I saw any more of my nieces and nephews pass before me. So although my faith isn't perfect, it's all I've got. I pray for you because it's all i got. That's a lot, Lady B. That's a lot. Your, bir- your beautiful grandbaby is perfect. She's the dream and breath of the angels. Horn family, let's bathe her in our light and love. Send prayers to your God for her healing, and may the hands and hearts of the hospital staff be guided by the divine to help all the babies there. Their hearts are heavy, and their minds are, too. This is a rough time. They need well wishes, too. They're going to bring Robin and Annette's grandbaby through. We all will. Because with this kind of love, Robin, there is nothing our prayers for her can't do. Thank you, Lady B. Thank you. I needed that. Annette needed that. Mama and Daddy needed that. You know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have been, all along, I'd love to have been posting pictures of little Junie on social media, but uh, because, because, I've got a, because my, I've got a wide-open Facebook account that anybody can see, it is better for her safety that I don't do that. And I'm in, I'm in agreement with, with Mama and Daddy's decision on that. Um, because you know it's not about it's not it's not about anybody in our community. It's about the potential for violent, vicious, right wing. Um, assholes who as we've seen like with the attack on on Paul Pelosi nothing sacred and they will and and, and they will find a way into the fever swamp and into the sewer over even the, the most horrifying of events um Ron and Raleigh says uh you think the incels are losing their collective shit over this? All I have to say is, holy smokes. And it's a CNN story. Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico reveal that... Oh, well, isn't that just... It, 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 uh, that's just some seriously wholesome gayness. Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico revealed that they're married. CNN saying a new power couple has taken the stage. A former Miss Argentina and former Miss Puerto Rico... Shocked and delighted fans by announcing their surprise marriage on Instagram. Mariana Varela and Fabiola Valentin. Valentin, sorry, missed the, I missed the accent grave over the eye. Mariana Varela and Fabiola Valentin met at the 2020 Miss Grand International Competition in Thailand where they represented Argentina and Puerto Rico respectively. After making it to the pageant top ten, the two beauty queens appeared to remain close friends on social media. What fans didn't know is they were secretly dating the whole time. 
The pair posted matching Instagram reels showing moments from their relationship, including romantic walks on the beach, candid cuddles, champagne toasts, and a proposal with gold and silver balloons spelling out, Marry me. And uh, then the photos showing the pair outside the city courthouse in San Juan, Puerto Rico, where they married on October the 28th. They wrote, after deciding to keep our relationship private, we opened the doors on a special day. Well, isn't that just sweet? And it, No, seriously, it is the epitome of gay wholesomeness. That's adorable. And, uh, yeah, the incels, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the incels are going absolutely bananas over this. Looking around at their thin little wrists and putting their fingers over their brow bones to, and, and checking the slope of their foreheads and, 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 and decrying their weak chins and their non-chad skulls. <laughs> Let the black pilling begin! Um, and uh, subject line, Ron and Raleigh. Lady B says, uh, I'm writing my 82-year-old cousin's bio. They didn't even have a high school built for blacks during segregation. His dad finished school in the fourth grade, his mom in the eighth. Right-wingers think everything is equal now. They don't want to pay reparations because fuck black people, my taxpayer dollars, etc., etc. They don't understand the benefited, uh, they benefited from generational wealth, be that education, land, a house, passed down through generations, even knowing their ancestral origins. Many white Americans can lay claim to those things. Most of us blacks can't. That's my screed. I forgot my point. Anyway, fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. And, uh, you know, maybe this will just be an, this should be an evening for free fuck Trumps. Oh, I know. Steve in New York says, Miss Argentina and Puerto Rico, the Lebanese are everywhere. Yeah, how are things in Beirut? Okay. Yeah, I can cowbell that. And so somehow or another, we've made it uh, through the uh, first hour of the program. I want to thank our anonymous friend who jumped in with the Have the Show on Me, who went ahead and said, heck with it. Um, let's just clear out. Let's Let's clear out the deficit. Thank you so much. That's taken care of this evening. And thank you to Charlene and Rogues Island for jumping in. Uh, we're actually $25 into tomorrow. And that is uh, helpful to a degree that I can scarcely express. So thank you. Thank you very kindly. Uh, let's, um, someone's, on the, uh, someone's on the stress line. And now that we're into the second hour of the program, let's run over. Are you, are you, are you buddy, do you, do you hear it? Do you hear the car being revved in the background there? You hear it? <laughs> Buddy, I'm afraid you're going to throw a rod you keep doing that. One of these days i got to soundproof this studio. <laughs> a little bit before airtime, the... Uh, um, the dogs around here, and it's always when you live in the country, it's always fascinating. I don't know if it's like this in 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 city environments because 
there's so much other competing noise. But when you hear the when you hear the neighborhood doggies start doing that, you know that in about three four minutes time there's going to be some sirens coming up. You know, vehicles with sirens going going up the road. And sure enough, I heard I heard, you know, and and I think they're talking to each other. This shit hurts my ears. Yeah, mine too. Make it stop. And like three, four minutes later, uh, emergency services vehicles went blazing up the road, sirens going for... <sighs> yeah. All kinds of interesting noises are out. Uh, what, does, uh, what does Caliban say in, in The Tempest? The island is full of sounds and sweet airs. Well, not exactly, but close enough. Uh, Steve in New York has awarded a cowbell to Lady B. For, I forgot what I was going to say, but fuck Trump. That, yeah, I should have, I should have been right on top of that, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you uh, caught it and made the award. So, as I said, someone is on the uh, stress line. Let's find out who. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello, Robin. It's Ken. Yeah, hey, Ken. How are you? Oh, not great. Um, I missed the beginning of the program. I'm sorry that um, uh, we're praying for your, your granddaughter, her um, uh, short story as just ill or not if you want to explain it again yeah, I, I'll she's, she's, no, later, no, she's she's it's more important uh, she's in uh, she's in the hospital with uh, uh, respiratory synctial virus RSV which is just yeah. running all over this country oh dear yeah I I'm fully aware of the pain that's involved with that. My daughter being, um, you know, born premature by three months. Um, yeah, she had a lot, lots well, of. Well, I've there. been, I've been reading Scary on it. Shit. I've been, I've been reading on it for all I'm worth. And uh, one of the things I noted is that apparently uh, babies who get it run a higher risk later in life for developing asthma. And being as how she's a little hillbilly baby, that, yeah. that's that's worrisome like because that's worrisome because our air here is filthy with particulate matter from mountaintop removal blasting, exactly, and coal-fired oh, power plant particulates. And, oh, yeah, I hate those people. Yeah. Can we move on, please. It, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to have green sustainable yeah, energy? Yeah, that'd be nice. Was, you know, that's that's like Todd. Oh God, then yeah, I would. Todd and me talking last night the, about how great, you know, how how nice it'll be when we're all finally running on electric vehicles. That'll you know that'll, that. Well, that's the thing, and then then you got you have you got to have mass transit too. People are going to have to, you know, including myself. I I don't know. I don't really want to give up my car. You can. 
get that, but um, I possibly could. But yeah, that's way out in the future in Star Trek land. <laughs> yeah, the sooner the sooner we. But when the, the, people but actually the, grow but a brain. I forget who it was that said it on the program the other night. The thing with getting to the Star Trek universe is that you have to go through the Mad Max universe first. Oh, great. You know, remember remember when they originally... In the idiocracy phase, too. Yeah, right? yeah, remember in the original series when they... Inter- the toilet? Yeah, water? Yeah. Uh, but, in, <laughs> but in the original, uh, the original series, and this is our obligatory Star Trek reference for the evening... Uh, Remember mention of the uh, the eugenics wars? You know that's that's how Khan wound up out in space. Okay, yeah, yep. So, uh, but it's yeah, yeah it'll it, be it'll be it'll be nice to get there. You know, water from the toilet. <laughs> but yeah. Um... Rondo, it's Red Pants Craves. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You got me started. No, no, it's no problem. Uh, there's, yeah, it's so awkward for me. I'm, I'm a little, I'm still nervous. I don't know why. But that's just who I am. Uh, I'm a little, uh. Well, you're fine. Just that's, that's take a breath. Of, uh, You'll be fine. That's all of, uh, emotional doom. Um, yeah, well. Uh, you might remember I told you my daughter might be moving in with me. Well, yeah. Turns out she's in an abusive relationship. She's in what? So, in an abusive relationship. Oh, no. Apparently, uh, well, I don't know the full story yet. He hasn't hit her a week yet. But um, he's a total psycho army veteran. Um they train soldiers. They don't train fucking human beings. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been so angry. I've been just flipping out in the last, like, five days. Um, and, and looking in the options. I, um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say now. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about looking up you know what our options are, and I haven't talked to my ex-wife since um, my son's graduation from high school. You know, several years ago, and now we have to talk. But I have been in touch with with Corey, um, but I don't know how much he monitors her phone. You know, I don't know how much control he has over her. And I don't know how much she still, you know, quote unquote, loves him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's still there. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. There isn't really. Uh, I was thinking. I was kind of thinking what. Like, I guess cops aren't useful and they, they can't show up. So, what are they, just uh, tax collectors with funny hats? That's um, the phrase. Yeah. 
you know, that really sucks. But um, I, I know a lot of big guys. Uh, my ex-sister-in-law's husband is is a fucking badass. He knows uh, some form of karate or something, reading martial arts. So he's a badass. I can count on him. And I guess we're going to, I think the plan is we're just going to blow up her phone and she's going to tell him that she has to come take care of me because I had another stroke or something or I have cancer. I don't even sure what it is, but what's the preliminary plan anyway? Well, God, I hope it and works this out. This guy might be easier, but I don't know how smart he is. Probably, so, so, so help me, so help me, under, help me understand, Ken. Um, is she moving in with you and him? Oh no! Oh no! Fuck no! He's gone. Oh okay. Uh, he, he's okay. I don't kill him, but but I don't, I'm not going to go to jail for this motherfucker. So yeah, no, we want to get her out. Okay. And I think she's ready. I believe. And I know that's a dangerous word, but um, as far as I can tell, you know, uh, the details get mixed up. Um, again, if he's monitoring her phone and he's uh, listening to conversations, um, I've sent texts and stuff where um, I know they've been, they were deleted. And actually, I did one today, uh, but that one wasn't the Um She's trying to stay safe. Right. She, she didn't want to give him a clue that, uh, um, that she's going so he doesn't actually hurt her. You know, or kill her. I don't know if the guy's capable of at least he can't, he, he has a criminal record. At least he can't have a gun. doesn't have a car or anything like that. No, he's a, a drug-addicted fucking asshole. That's never it's a good combination. Right. He's on painkillers and smokes weed all the time. And I, I like smoking weed for fun, but geez, this guy is just all day long. Jeez. Uh, Say something, please. No, you, well, I mean, I'm, I'm listening. You must be worried sick. I know you're listening. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure what I want to say next. You have not any resources where, um, uh, this is one, that's why I called you. I really wanted to talk to you and, I love you so much and this family. Um, I, I know I have people behind me and, uh, I'll be there in the, in the middle of a month to, to put, put some bucks in the tip jar and, uh, yeah, I'll, hopefully it works out. Well, but it's going I mean, to, I mean, uh, one way or another, it's going to. I mean, have you? Where, 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 where is your daughter that you need to get her out of? 
Well, she has an apartment with him, and they wouldn't renew the lease because this guy screams, right? And supposedly they're going to move to a, a not a nice part of town. Uh, let's, let's face it. Um, and, but I'm not sure if they're in the process of moving or there's, but the lease ended. But this guy's a shithead, so I'm sure they couldn't, you know, pack up the leave on time. So, um, the, well, what what he what he, what he what he does is immaterial if she wants away from him. She right. Did, I mean, she right, she, needs, sure. she, needs, she needs to get a restraining order if he is in fact abusing her. Uh, she needs to get a restraining order and then leave. I mean, it, it, I, I know that sounds simplistic, but that's that's where it, she needs to leave. Because okay. because whether she realizes it or not, her life is at risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, way, way, way back in the 90s, there was a statistic that said that uh, a, a woman in an abusive relationship is abused eight times before she either leaves or dies. Or dies. And that was the nineties, wow. and she needs to. She needs to. You know, there's there's no right way to do this. She packs her shit and she goes. Yeah. And comes to your house, I presume. I that's that's the plan. I'd love to have her. I, I wish it wasn't as fucked up, but there it is. Well, there yeah, we 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 tend, yeah, we. We find ourselves in circumstances we wish we were not in, but there, in in such circumstances, there are there 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 are three words that always sort of guide our actions, and those three words are face the facts. Okay. You know, wishing doesn't help. Hoping doesn't help. You have to you 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 have yeah. to you have to deal with the situation in the moment. Okay. Well, done deal. I guess he's afraid of, uh, I'm supposed to talk to her tomorrow. Uh, that's at least the plan. And, um, we do. Maybe all this will clear up and I will, I will tell her to do that. And I will, I'll take her to the fucking courthouse. If I face this guy myself, you know what? I don't know. No, I don't want to face this guy myself, but. If I can get some big people, and or maybe I mean, you know, if she can't, if, if, she, if she cannot, her mom and her stepdad and yeah, but but if 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 she can't get away directly to you, she can. She needs to go to a domestic violence shelter or something like that. Yeah, okay. and and transit well, and, and and transition from there to uh, your home. You want me? What? I don't think to eat. You know, my mom died, so I got two bedrooms. Yeah, you got space. You house, got space. And I'm pretty freaking lonely, so yeah. And I would love to reconnect with her. Like I said, I wanted this to work out in a better way. But, well, first and uh, foremost, you want her to be safe. She was abused, right. And you know, there's all that psychology of abuse. You know? And he's 
these guys are, are good at what they do and they prey on she's an empath like me. Um, she's a caregiver for job. She was going to school for nursing, but um, hopefully she can read redo that some more. But um that's in the future. But she is an empath and he he prays for her. not her fault no 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 it's absolutely not her fault absolutely not. yeah and i talked to my brother last night and he was kind of blaming the victim i almost got mad but i you know uh, whatever i handled that more delicately but uh, hopefully you can do some research on it yeah and that, that's part of the problem blaming a victim is ubiquitous my own freaking brother and he's not crazy you know he's uh he's an old republican he's an extinct republican <laughs> and that's fine he pretty much agrees all of a lot of the things that we do <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's I know it's I know it's got to worry it's got to it's got to worry you half to death. I get that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've worn a, a goddamn path on my carpet from my kitchen to my bedroom. Yeah, pacing, I've been pacing around like a stupid freaking lion, <laughs> trying to trying to parlay it in some work and then you know trying to clean up the kitchen and crap, but. uh I can't seem to focus long enough. So it's better, it's better to put pace around. I don't know. It's not better. Somebody's burning leaves. The whole place is smoky as shit. Most of fog. Yeah, sorry. That, that's another side. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, I, well, I have, I have uh, hickory trees and... Uh, my neighbors have oaks on either side. So, um, get tons of leaves, acorns, nuts. Um, so I've been busy with uh, cleaning that shit up. Because so i got to have grass, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what to say now. Well, you're—I mean, you're, you're fine. You're, pro, you know, you're processing through something. Yeah, sometimes I'm better when I think about things longer. Um, and I just smoked a little weed a little bit earlier, so that does, well, sometimes that, does that helps. <laughs> it does or it doesn't. Um, I think I, I don't know. To me, I find it, it calms me down, helps me think through things better. Or maybe that's just the uh, what I tell myself because I, you know, I have a college degree. I didn't go to college to learn psychology. I learned uh, how to learn. Yeah. Well, all we can, you know, we we cope as best as best we can, can. And, that, and 
Yeah, and that's why I love your show. I need your your program to stay on the air. Yeah, there's there's what what uh, your your uh, what is it? You're so goddamn smart. Stop. You're amazing. No, oh, you're I'm, a goddess. No, I'm, I'm, you're, you're I'm, a goddess in your own right. Well, thank you. And I'm a tragic fucking figure. You are not tragic. Stop that. You're, you're the one. You're the one who gave us uh, what was the phrase? Radical self-interest. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the weird thing about the, the stupid libertarian. Like, well, they're going to be that way. We should too. It's in our interest to support your program. It's in our interest to spread well, you know, the word. It's, it's whether they want to hear it or not. It's interesting. Um, you you just reminded me. I was talking a little bit ago about uh, you know fucker you, you know Rand Paul fucked around and found out, and uh, we were as, as I was I was I was taking my son back to the hospital today. Uh, we were just I was just trying to keep his mind you know from spiraling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right. we we, ca- we came up we came up we came up with an awesome. Do you remember a few years ago? When the the rallying cry of the younger set was YOLO, you know, you only live once. Yeah, YOLO. Yeah, I'm gonna eat an entire box of Twinkies. YOLO. Uh, well, so I took that. It, it it just occurred to me, and you combine that with FAFO, which is fuck around and find out. Fuck around, find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. I swear, I think Yolo Fafo uh, should be the next big Star Wars character. <laughs> that is such a Star Wars character name. Who's that over oh, there? Yeah, oh, that's Yolo Fafo. Don't fuck with him. Why are you going to stuck with a stupid accent? Yolo Fafo. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I say I don't know. I think may, I, may, maybe may, maybe I'll start maybe I'll start referring to myself as Yolo Fafo on the air. Yeah, there you go. You know, and 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 I hail from I hail from the planet Norblap Nine. Living surreptitiously on Earth for all these years. Yeah. You certainly can call yourself whatever you want. You're in it. <laughs> I like Yolo Fafo. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can imagine going into a name change proceeding and looking at the judge, and, and, and you want your name to be what? Yolo Fafo. <laughs> Sorry, my, 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 my mind goes to some silly places sometimes. It's been to a lot of silly places. Yeah, I know. I get it. So is mine. No, I'm not a little kid from the Warner Brothers cartoons that they dreamed the whole time in school. Remember, he was a big brute guy, and he saved somebody from the start, I think. It was like a one-off. You remember what that cartoon was? Oh, no, not off the top of my head, no. Yeah, no, this little redheaded kid in like grade school, and uh, his mind wandered, and he dreamed about oh yeah uh, yeah 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 great thing. 
What? What? Wait, wasn't that? Uh, wasn't that a book? Not a cartoon. Maybe they made a cartoon out of it. Wasn't, wasn't it a book? Well, um, I didn't read it. Three, four. Sorry, I'm checking here. Harold and the Purple Crayon. Yeah, that's it. Harold. <laughs> when are they going to be able to really get them off freaking patent from Walt Disney? That's not fair. Uh, probably never. Yeah, probably never. It's fucking wrong. I wonder what's going to cartoons, man. And you're just hiding them away. Why? Oh, I know. Disney. Fuck you all. And fuck Trump, too. <laughs> oh, I, I really did enjoy the, the Walt Disney jokes. The one with Pinocchio. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> now I'm in tears. Yeah. Ha, ha, oh, uh, yeah. That that was one from Scott, wasn't it? That, it uh, probably. <laughs> lie, you little bastard! Uh, lie. Scott's the usual culprit. We blame Scott. He's hilarious. I love Scott so dearly. Uh, he just makes me laugh so freaking hard. Yeah, it's amazing. So please, people, support this program. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I should probably clear the line for somebody else that wants to talk. Um, or that's you, Robin. It's your show. Well, your listen, program. we will, uh, we will, we will uh, roll on and see if somebody else wants to get involved in the conversation. I'm glad you called. I really am, and I. Listen, I hope your daughter's I'm okay. I'm glad you're listening. Do, and you, do, you do what you what can. I needed to hear. Do right. what you can. Oh, for sure. I'm going to do everything and more than I can. So, believe me, she's getting out one way or another. If I, even if I have to drag her, that's not terrible, but I'm going to do it. So, uh, peace, be well, love you all, and I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, you wish some good news. All right, good, good. Let us know, Ken. You take care of yourself, you hear? Yeah, for sure, I will. All right, bye now. Bye. Our buddy Ken calling from uh, far northwestern Pennsylvania. So, we are at the halfway mark of the program, and... uh, Oh, don't hit me with that. I, I, I just saw a notice for the three-ingredient Rotel sausage dip recipe. Quit it. Don't need to see that right now. I, uh, I, I did see this story at Slate, and I found it, uh, well, at the very least, inspiring. So in this in this instance, uh, you know, this any headline that reads like this is going to grab my attention. It harkens back to Clarence pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, who uh, 
in the Bruin the Bruin decision last summer uh, threw gun laws in this country into into absolute chaos and uh, in that decision Fappy said that uh, courts needed to find historical analogs from 1791 the time of the ratification of the second amendment now this is not as as the slay article points out this is not normally the job of a trial court federal district judge that's what historians do not judges but federal judges all over the country are erring on the side of letting uh, gun humpers have their way. Uh, we had the story what a few weeks ago about the federal job uh, judge uh, in in Charleston, West Virginia, who threw out a gun charge uh, brought by the federal government, saying that uh, uh, you know because of Fappy, that law is now unconstitutional. So this brings us to uh, Judge Carlton Reeves. He sits on the bench in the Southern District of Mississippi. And he put a shot across Fappy Thomas's bow, you know, the insurrectionist judge. More on Fappy in a moment. And uh, uh, Judge Reeves said, well, I'm going to appoint me a historian to help, quote, identify and sift through authoritative sources on founding-era firearms restrictions in uh, deciding a case uh, that uh, involves the federal law that bars felons from possessing guns. Writing at Slate, uh, Mark Joseph Stern says... uh, The justices of the Supreme Court, and and this is a quote from Reeves's order, the justices of the Supreme Court, distinguished as they may be, are not trained historians, Judge Reeves wrote. Federal judges lack both the methodological and substantive knowledge that historians possess. The sifting of evidence that judges perform is different than the sifting of sources and methodologies that historians perform. And we are not experts in what white, oh, ouch, we are, cherish this before it gets overturned. We are not experts in what white, wealthy, and male property owners thought about firearms regulation in 1791, yet we are now expected to play historian in the name of constitutional adjudication. He then quoted a, 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 a historian by the name of Patrick J. Charles, who said that uh, historians still debate what the meaning of right to bear arms is. And Patrick J. Charles said they broke and continued to break virtually every norm of historical objectivity and methodology accepted within academia, talking about the... Uh, and well, people like Fappy, gun humpers generally, 
And Patrick J. Charles went on to say, minority viewpoints are cast as majority viewpoints. Historical speakers and writers' words are cast in terms outside the bounds of their intended context or audience. The intellectual and political thoughts of different historical eras are explained from modern vantage point. Historical presumptions or inferences are sold as historical facts. And so what Reeves is actually doing, Judge Reeves, is attacking Fappy's bullshit premise on the ground. So Judge Reeves said, I don't want to cherry-pick facts, but I want a comprehensive analysis of firearm regulation in 1791. And the beauty of all of this is that it takes a shot at that most, that, 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 that most infuriating of bullshit frauds, originalism. Quite possibly the greatest fraud perpetrated on American jurisprudence since the three-fifths clause. You might recall that in the case in Charleston, West Virginia, the guy was being was charged with violating a federal statute that made it illegal to uh, to to uh, sand off the serial number of a firearm so that it would be untraceable, and the judge just bounced it based on Fappy's pronouncement. So, uh, I said more on Fappy in a moment. And what I meant by that, I have to find it here. Uh, Legal eagles are having a bit of a conniption and rightly so, based on a, uh, a story coming from the Washington Post that advocates for Nitwit Nero's big lie uh, saw Fappy Thomas as their key to getting the 2020 election thrown out. And the post, uh, the post article references eight of the emails that were ordered released by U.S. District Judge David O. Carter of California. This is the one that caused a shit fit on the part of uh, uh, Julius Geezer. It was communication, and, and remember, the, the eight emails were re- released because they were deemed to be outside of attorney-client privilege since they discussed an actual plan to violate the law, which is not encompassed by attorney-client privilege. So the correspondence was between uh, uh, Nitwit Nero's pettifoggers, Kenneth Cheesebro, 
John Eastman, uh, and some others. And the, the Post reports it, it, that one email from Cheesebro to Eastman and several others sent on December 31st, 2020. Cheesebro argued that Fappy Thomas would end up being key to asking the high court to overturn Joe Biden's win in contested states. They went on in the email to say that they should frame things so that Fappy Thomas could be the one to issue some sort of stay or other circuit justice opinion saying Georgia is in legitimate doubt. The Post article goes on to say Cheesebro made the plan explicit. Get any remotely favorable ruling from a federal judge not to win outright, but to embolden GOP state legislatures, Congress, or Pence to reverse the results. At Politico, they've got the redacted emails, and uh, Cheesebro contended that Thomas would be our only chance to get a favorable judicial opinion by January 6th, which might hold up the Georgia count in Congress. And John Eastman wrote back, I think I agree with this. Politico says uh, Eastman, an architect of Trump's last-ditch bid to subvert the 2020 election, once clerked for Thomas and had corresponded with his wife, Ginsurrectionist, in the weeks before January 6th. Oh, they, they, they fleshed all of this out. The coup was real. If we can just get this case pending before the Supreme Court by January 5th, ideally with something positive written by a judge or justice, hopefully Thomas, I think it's our best shot at holding up the count of a state in Congress. Former U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, or Assistant U.S. Attorney, uh, Richard Signorelli said they had a damned insider on uh, on SCOTUS who they thought would help them overthrow our democracy. He's married to a deranged MAGA cult member, and he won't even recuse himself. Ben Lawrence Tribe at Harvard chimed in and leveled lawyer Cheesebro. We now learn that Ken Cheesebro saw Justice Thomas as Trump's only chance to stop the 2020 election from being duly certified. Such abhorrent abuse of an attorney's license to practice law should be strictly disciplined and perhaps criminally prosecuted. Rachel Solar, uh, referencing the political ar- Politico article, said, When's it enough? His wife's an insurrectionist. He refuses to recuse. He's the Trump election denial go-to. Come on! And then finally, a journalist, Helen Kennedy, said, Hey, look, it wasn't just critics of the Supreme Court who thought Clarence Thomas was corrupted. Trump's lawyers said so, too, in secret emails just released, revealed. So maybe... I know, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there. Maybe, 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 maybe we get up on Wednesday the 9th of November and win or lose, somebody has the courage to stand up in the, in the House of Representatives and say, 
it is time to impeach Clarence fucking Thomas. Yeah. Because, you know, it is time to impeach Clarence Thomas. It's the only remedy we got. He's already shown that he's willing to, to, to look the other way when he put a stay on on, on, on uh, the uh, order for Lindsey Graham, you know, Lady G, to testify before the Fulton County Grand Jury. Now, granted, the whole court then moved and said, no, you got to do it. But the operative thing here is that Fappy, if he was being neutral in this, could have looked at it and said, no, nah, Lindsay, it, it, shut the fuck up and go testify. Signorelli isn't wrong. They thought of Fappy Thomas as their man, their mole, on the court. Because he's the weirdest of the weird. Make no mistake, uh, uh, Ann's boy Neil let the black dude freeze in his truck Gorsuck might do might have done it too or so might have brat Kavanaugh. god knows the handmaid certainly sammy bad breath but this is as i have said time and time and time again this is fappy thomas's court i i guess uh Old balls and strikes. Roberts still gets the extra little bit of little bit of uh, cheese on his check for being chief justice, and I, I guess he gets to pick out the brand of toilet paper in the Supreme Court restroom. But that majority is being run by an insurrectionist, disloyal, un-American, punk ass. By the name of Fappy Thomas. And the only remedy is impeachment. And how did he vote? That's kind of important. How did he vote? Go look it up. When cases of the, uh, came before the Supreme Court, what did Fappy say? I don't think you're going to be surprised by the answer. No. And it was a level of abhorrent abuse. At least one judge is trying to do their job. Uh, a federal judge yesterday ordered the uh, gun-humping fascist goons who were camping out by 
uh, ballot drop boxes in Maricopa County, Arizona, to maintain at least a 250-foot distance from the boxes themselves because they had been getting right up, uh, practically right up on top of the boxes and uh, popping out their folding chairs and sitting there with the a- their AR-15s. U.S. District Court Judge Michael Liberti finally got off his ass and said that uh, Clean Elections USA, which is a bullshit astroturf organization, the leader of Clean Elections USA, and anybody working with them are forbidden from filming or following anyone within 75 feet of a ballot drop box or the entrance to a building that houses one. They also cannot speak to or yell at individuals within that perimeter unless they're spoken to first. The League of Women Voters of Arizona went into court asking for the injunctive relief. Um, uh, There were other groups involved in the case. The uh, Lions of Liberty and the Yavapai County Preparedness Team, an offshoot associated with uh, the Oath Keepers, Uh, they promised to behave themselves, and so they were dismissed from the case this past Monday. And it's gotten to the point where the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department has had to post deputies around the drop boxes because of the presence of the gun humpers. The big lie gun humpers. And uh, the, the order is good for two weeks. And uh, the 250-foot perimeter around the drop boxes also applies to the right-wing assholes, fascists, who are wearing body armors, but body armor, but not necessarily um, humping their guns. Meanwhile, they're represented by a petty, uh, a, a, a petty fogger by the name of Alexander Kaladin. Sounds like a, an intestinal procedure. Uh, he said, uh, well, they're worried they can't record what happens within the 75 feet. They may have missed an opportunity to deter unlawful conduct. Today's order may make Dropbox voting a little less secure. So, in other words, if they could, they would stand right there at the drop box and point guns at people and cameras. It's, uh, it, it, it's worth noting along the way that uh, at no point in time 
was any major fraud from the expanded use of ballot drop boxes in the 2020 election ever even remotely discovered? Maybe what happened uh, that that sort of got uh, the maggot judge Liberty's attention was the fact that the DOJ this past Monday said, yeah, we're going to get in the case, too. And the Lions of Liberty said, well, we got out of the case because uh, we were being lumped with people who don't adhere to the law and our rules of engagement. Really? There, there, there are no rules of engagement, you fascist. And a lot of this comes out of that horseshit, uh, uh, horseshit fantasy film, 2,000 Mules, that says that people were paid to go and stuff ballot drop boxes back in 2020. The only problem is there is no evidence of that whatsoever except for the fetid uh, uh, maunderings in the thin gray settlings that slosh around between these maggots' uh, ears and pass for brains. So the thing is, though, the order speaks to the uh, Clean Elections USA, but because the Lions of Liberty and the uh, uh, that that bunch well they're not they're not enjoined so whatever voter intimidation they want to perpetrate they can go ahead and do But it's prayer meeting Wednesday. And so, uh, we should probably do some churchy stuff. And let's go to Ireland to do it. We, 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 we're talking here about retired Reverend Sean Sheehy. who delivered a homily at St. Mary's Church in Listole County, Kerry, Ireland, this past Sunday. And uh, retired Reverend Sean Sheehy said, What's so sad today is you rarely hear about sin, but it's rampant. We see it, for example, in the legislation of our governments. We see it in the promotion of abortion. We see it in the example of this lunatic approach of transgenderism. We see it, for example, in the promotion of sex between two men and two women. Mm, How about one priest and one little boy? Funny how that never makes it into the homily, isn't it? That is sinful. That is mortal sin, the priest continued. And people don't seem to realize it, but it's a fact. It's a reality. And he went on to be all butthurt 
about the fact that the Irish government uh, is giving away condoms to teenagers. Is the Irish government giving away condoms to Roman Catholic priests? Oh, no, they bareback, baby. Uh, Father Sheehy found his way into the pulpit because the regular parish priest is on a pilgrimage right now. But this is the happy part of the story. While he was braying and barking and grunting and hooting away, 30 parishioners got up out of their pews and walked the hell out on him. And then the bishop got involved. The bishop of Kerry, one Ray Brown, uh, eventually got around to apologizing to people who were disgusted by the bigotry espoused by Father Sheehy, referring to the homily as offended, offending, and said it is not the Christian position. Bishop Brown went on to say, total respect for one another is a fundamental Christian teaching. And rebuked Father Sheehy for talking that way during an actual homily during Mass. Bishop Brown went on to say, I'm aware of the deep upset and hurt caused by the contents of the homilies in question delivered over the weekend. I apologize to all who were offended. You know, you could leave off the all who were offended, Bishop, and just say, I apologize. Because you're verging perilously close to a non-apology apology, that Republican special specialty. The views expressed do not represent the Christian position. Another unfortunate phrase. Uh, the thing is, though, Father Sheehy doubled down. He went on Kerry Radio to say, as the old saying is, the truth hurts, but it sets us free. Jesus, for example, did not come to make people feel good. He came to save people from their sins, and that was actually the gospel of the Sunday. He said he came to seek and save what was lost. In other words, those people who are lost in sin. And why are people lost in sin? Sometimes they don't even realize that what they're doing is a sin. So that's where the church's responsibility kicks in, because the church has a responsibility to identify what is sin or what isn't. So people will know who uh, know what they're choosing freely. Again, nothing in there about Roman Catholic priests fucking the daylights out of little boys. And then he took on the bishop. He said, I couldn't care less, really. The bishop's muzzling the truth in order to appease people. I know myself what I said cannot be disproven by any honest-to-God Christian or Catholic teaching, and that's the bottom line. And it's not Father Sheehy's first brush with the law, because while he says that uh, transgender people are lunatics, and 
teenage Irish kids getting hold of condoms to keep them from dying from sex uh, in, in encourages promiscuity. Well, back in 2008, Father, Father Sheehy um, spoke out in support of a disgusting perv who had raped a 22-year-old woman. And that was what caused him to retire. See, I, 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 don't, I don't understand Irish Roman Catholicism. Because it, it, it seems like maybe um, they should shut the fuck up about calling out sin as long as, you know, the Magdalene laundries remain a historical reality. You know, the one where they threw the little, ba- the, 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 the little babies of uh, poor Irish girls who were condemned to the Magdalene laundries. They threw the bodies of them into, uh, well, a septic tank. Lots and lots and lots of bodies. Like I said, prayer meeting Wednesday. Got to have a little prayer meeting material. And by the way, uh, just as uh, uh, earlier in the program, Lady V said, I forgot my point. Oh, well, fuck Trump. Well, oh, well, fuck Father Sheehy. You'd probably like it. Well, it, it. So it's metaphorical. Okay. And by the way, um, we were talking earlier about the proliferation of the lies about Paul Pelosi. Well, Megan, of course, Santa and Jesus are white. Kelly. Lord God, how how does she man? I guess the standards over at Sirius XM are really really low. Uh, she decided to chime in on Paul on the on the Paul Pelosi matter, saying that uh, David DePape. She said, "I feel like at a minimum the SFPD has egg on its face because even under the most generous story to Paul Pelosi and to the San Francisco police, they were in the house when this guy attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer." Actually, when they got in the house, what they saw was Paul Pelosi and David DePape fighting over a hammer. How do you have police officers on site and an 82-year-old gets attacked with a hammer in front of you when you have a gun as a police officer? You know, because guns are the constant solution. The gun is always the solution for a Republican. Well, I mean, why didn't he, why didn't he pull out his gun and blow the guy away? I mean, never mind the fact that, that I'm guessing here, but I could I could be wrong. But I'm guessing that the SFPD probably either carries a Glock nine millimeter or a Glock uh, forty cal um, in either of which cases, the muzzle velocity of the round exiting. Um, the, 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 the firearm is somewhere probably north of 1,300 feet per second, which is more than enough to turn said firearm into a hole punch 
that would go right through David DePape and right into who? Paul Pelosi. Jesus. And and she was blathering at the time with the bobble-throated Senator Tom Cotton, bobble-throated being uh, a, a term that Charlie Pierce coined and I like. Uh, and, of course, Tom uh, Cotton between his ears uh, grunted and agreed. These are such, such entirely slimy people. But she's got $30 million to blow through before she ever has to... Right. Oh, I need to... uh, I I need to check on a link here. President Biden is going to be giving remarks about um, he's doing it now let's cut to the uh, let's cut to the audio uh, about the escalation of violence in the United States of our streets to our personal freedoms the future of health care social security Medicare it's all important but we'll have our differences we'll have our difference of opinion and that's what it's supposed to be but there's something else at stake Democracy itself. I'm not the only one who sees it. Recent polls have shown that overwhelming majority of Americans believe our democracy is at risk, that our democracy is under threat. They, too, see that democracy is on the ballot this year, and they're deeply concerned about it. So today, I appeal to all Americans, regardless of party, To meet this moment of national and generational importance, we must vote, knowing what's at stake and not just the policy of the moment, but institutions that have held us together as we sought a more perfect union are also at stake. We must vote knowing who we have been, what we're at risk of becoming. Look, my fellow Americans, the old expression, freedom is not free. It requires constant vigilance. From the very beginning, nothing has been guaranteed about democracy in America. Every generation has had to defend it, protect it, preserve it, choose it. For that's what democracy is. It's a choice, a decision of the people, by the people, and for the people. The issue couldn't be clearer, in my view. We, the people, must decide whether we'll have fair and free elections, and every vote counts. We, the people, must decide whether we're going to sustain a republic where reality is accepted, the law is obeyed, and your vote is truly sacred. We, the people, must decide whether the rule of law will prevail, whether we'll allow the dark forces the thirst, the thirst for power put ahead of the principles that we've long guided us. You know, American democracy is under attack because the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. 
if he refuses to accept the will of the people, he refuses to accept the fact that he lost, he has abused his power and put the loyalty to himself before loyalty to the Constitution. And he's made a big lie, an article of faith in the MAGA Republican Party, the minority of that party. The great irony about the 220 election is that it's the most attacked election in our history. And yet, and yet, there's no election in our history that we can be more certain of its results. Every legal challenge that could have been brought was brought. Every recount that could have been undertaken was undertaken. Every recount confirmed the results. Wherever fact or evidence had been demanded, a big lie has been proven to be just that, a big lie, every single time. Yet now, extreme MAGA Republicans aim to question not only the legitimacy of past elections, but elections being held now and into the future. The extreme MAGA element of the Republican Party, which is a minority of that party, as I said earlier, but is this driving force is trying to succeed where they failed in 2020, to suppress the right of voters and subvert the electoral system itself. That means denying your right to vote and deciding whether your vote even counts. Instead of waiting until an election is over, they're starting well before it. They're starting now. They've emboldened violence and intimidation of voters and election officials. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America this year. We can't ignore the impact this is having on our country. It's damaging, it's corrosive, and it's destructive. And I want to be very clear, this is not about me. It's about all of us. It's about what makes America, America. It's about the durability of our democracy. For democracies are more than a form of government. They're a way of being, a way of seeing the world, a way that defines who we are, what we believe, why we do what we do. Democracy is simply that fundamental. We must, in this moment, dig deep within ourselves and recognize that we can't take democracy for granted any longer. With democracy on the ballot, we have to remember these first principles. Democracy means the rule of the people, not the rule of monarchs or the moneyed, but the rule of the people. Autocracy is the opposite of democracy. It means the rule of one, one person, one interest, one ideology, one party, to state the obvious, the lives of billions of people from antiquity till now have been shaped by the battle between these competing forces, between the aspirations of the many and the greed and power of the few, between the people's right for self-determination and the self-seeking autocrat, between the dreams of a democracy and the appetites of an autocracy. What we're doing now is going to determine whether democracy will long endure. 
in my view, is the biggest of questions. Whether the American system that prizes the individual bends towards justice and depends, depends on the rule of law, whether that system will prevail. This is the struggle we're now in, a struggle for democracy, a struggle for decency and dignity, a struggle for prosperity and progress, a struggle for the very soul of America itself. Make no mistake, democracy is in the ballot for all of us. We must remember that democracy is a covenant. We need to start looking out for each other again, seeing ourselves as we, the people, not as entrenched enemies. This is a choice we can make. Disunion and chaos are not inevitable. There's been anger before in America. There's been division before in America. But we've never given up on the American experiment. We can't do that now. The remarkable thing about American democracy is this. Just enough of us, on just enough occasions, have chosen not to dismantle democracy, but to preserve democracy. We must choose that path again. Because democracy is in the ballot, we have to remember that even in our darkest moments, there are fundamental values and beliefs that unite us as Americans. And they must unite us now. What are they? Well, I think, first, we believe the vote in America is sacred, to be honored, not denied, respected, not dismissed, counted, not ignored. A vote is not a partisan tool to be counted when it helps your candidates and tossed aside when it doesn't. Second, we must, with an overwhelming voice, stand against political violence and voter intimidation, period. Stand up and speak against it. We don't settle our differences in America with a riot, a mob, or a bullet, or a hammer. We settle them peaceably at the battle, at the battle box, the ballot box. We have to be honest with ourselves, though. We have to face this problem. We can't turn away from it. We can't pretend it's just going to solve itself. There's an alarming rise in the number of our people in this country condoning political violence or simply remaining silent because silence is complicity. The disturbing rise of voter intimidation, the pernicious tendency to excuse political violence, or at least, at least trying to explain it away. We can't allow this sentiment to grow. We must confront it head on now. It has to stop now. I believe the voices excusing or calling for violence and intimidation are a distinct minority in America. But they're loud and they are determined. We have to be more determined. All of us who reject political violence and voter intimidation and I believe that's the overwhelming majority of the American people. All of us must unite to make it absolutely clear that violence and intimidation have no place in America. And third, we believe in democracy. That's who we are as Americans. I know it isn't easy. Democracy is imperfect. 
It always has been. But we're all called to defend it now, now. History and common sense tell us that liberty, <clears throat> opportunity, and justice thrive in a democracy, not in an autocracy. At our best, America is not a zero-sum society where for you to succeed, someone else has to fail. The promise of America is big enough. It's big enough for everyone to succeed. Every generation opening the door of opportunity just a little bit wider. Every generation, including those who have been excluded before. We believe we should leave no one behind, because each one of us is a child of God. And every person, every person is sacred. If that's true, then every person's rights must be sacred as well. Individual dignity, individual worth, individual determination, that's America. That's democracy. And that's what we have to defend. Look, even as I speak here tonight, 27 million people have already cast their ballot in the midterm elections. Millions more will cast their ballots in the final days leading up to November the 9th, 8th, excuse me. And for the first time, this is the first time since the national election of 2020, once again, we're seeing record turnout all over the country. And that's good. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. It's always been important for citizens in democracy to be informed and engaged. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. That's how it's supposed to work. This is also the first election since the events of January 6th, when the armed angry mob stormed the U.S. Capitol. I wish, I wish I could say the assault on a democracy had ended that day, but I cannot. As I stand here today, there are candidates running for every level of office in America, for governor, Congress, attorney general, secretary of state, who won't commit, they will not commit to accepting the results of elections that they're running in. This is a path to chaos in America. It's unprecedented. It's unlawful. And it's un-American. As I've said before, you can't love your country only when you win. This is no ordinary year. So I ask you to think long and hard about the moment we're in. In a typical year, we're often not faced with questions of whether the vote we cast will preserve democracy or put us at risk. But this year, we are. This year, I hope you'll Make the future of our democracy an important part of your decision to vote and how you vote. I hope you'll ask a simple question of each candidate you might vote for. 
Will that person accept the legitimate will of the American people, of the people voting in his district or her district? Will that person accept the outcome of the election, win or lose? The answer to that question is vital. And in my opinion, it should be decisive. And the answer to that question hangs the future of the country we love so much and the fate of the democracy that has made so much possible for us. Too many people have sacrificed too much for too many years for us to walk away from the American project and democracy. Because we've enjoyed our freedoms for so long, it's easy to think they'll always be with us no matter what. But that isn't true today. In our bones, we know democracy at risk is at risk. But we also know this. It's within our power, each and every one of us, to preserve our democracy. And I believe we will. I think I know this country. I know we will. You have the power. It's your choice. It's your decision. The fate of the nation, the fate of the soul of America lies where it always does, with the people, in your hands, in your heart, in your ballot. My fellow Americans, we'll meet this moment. We just need to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. May God bless those standing guard over our democracy. Thank you. Godspeed. I felt like it was important to take that audio because of, well, because of the subject matter. And I, you know, I, I, under, I understand. He says, I think I know America. I think, well, I, I think, I think he knows, he knows an America that he grew up with. I don't know if he knows America now. Um, it was... It was it was it was a moderate in tone speech, but the content was deadly serious. He did not say it, it, there, there was no fire and brimstone. He didn't say that the Republican Party is a party dedicated to the destruction of constitutional governance in the United States. That is a true statement, but I guess that's not a statement that he can make as the president of the United States. Because, well, Fox News TV would, 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 would uh, accuse him of being political. By the way, this took place at the Columbus Club in Washington, D.C. I know where that is. It's in uh, uh, Union Station. The Democratic National Committee hosted the event. And... Uh, well, I hope... I hope this thing gets some legs and that ordinary people can be called to their senses. Because we have we, we have problems. Lord, we have problems. Let's run up to 
New Hampshire, the Granite State. Um, he was, uh, well, the, the GOP nominee for Senate up there running against Maggie Hassan is a real freak by the name of Don Bolduc, B-O-L-D-U-C. And, I mean, this guy is cuckoo bananas. I mean, he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He's maggot through and through from the last, the longest hair on his head down to the, uh, down to the soles of his feet. And there is no lie that he will not tell in the name of service to his orange god emperor. So a debate moderator got after him this week. Uh, during the debate with Senator Maggie Hassan. And it's like, oh, God, this again? Because this goes back to, Jesus, what, 2018, 2016? It's been going on. So here's how it goes, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you uh, our friends up in, uh, up in New England, you know, Darlene, Charlene, um, thinking of uh, Carl in Western Mass and Kevin and Tracy and um, Jeremy. I bet they've all heard this because the Republicans have been barking and grunting about the busloads of non-New Hampshireites who were bussed into New Hampshire to corrupt the election. And so Don Bolduc, for whom facts are, well, it's reminiscent of what uh, old 666 himself, Ronald, Ronald Wilson Reagan, once said. If facts are stupid things. You know, the original, the original quote is, facts are stubborn things. But, well, Ronnie wasn't all home at the time, so he, hey, well, mommy, uh, facts are stupid things. And so there he goes, blathering about the busloads of illegal voters, toddling up into up into New Hampshire to. And so the moderator said, um, "Well, let's uh, let's go to the audio, shall we?" You know, earlier a couple days ago, you said yesterday, I think you said you'd accept the results of next month's vote, you know, regardless of how it went for you. Referring to the last week, referring to the 2020 election, you said, quote, I still believe there were irregularities and fraud, and I believe that it can be proven even in this state. You know, there is no evidence of widespread fraud in New Hampshire. The governor and the secretary of state both say New Hampshire elections are secure and not compromised by fraud. Do you believe they're wrong? 60 seconds. Well, I believe Ranch Davis, right? And I'm the only one sitting here that's been every town and city in this state over two years and I believe Granite Staters when they say they don't like the fact that college students that aren't residents here can vote they don't like the fact that they can't trust the mail-in ballot system they don't like the fact that there was proven irregularities with voting machines that haven't been certified in 20 years they don't like the fact that same-day voter registration causes fraud if Grant Staters don't like it, then we need to take a look at it. 
And if little froggies don't like bumping their butts on the ground, they need to grow grow wings for when they hop. Oh, this guy's a Lulu. I talk to granite staters. A, a name? A name, please? Anybody? No, really. And so the but but the moderator drilled down on it and didn't let him up. They they can't do it same day. This is all rules that we apply to other countries. Okay, we're going to move to the center. But but the bottom line is that's what it is. But just to be clear, you're you're claiming that bosses full of voters who are not permitted to vote here. You're claiming that that happens in New Hampshire. I am claiming that that is what Granite Staters tell me. And I'm saying we need to respond to that. You need to verify that information before I you think said. we need to verify it. That's what I just said. Can you can you listen to me here for a second? I'm saying that this is what Granite Staters are telling me. And I think it's valid. Okay. And I believe right. in it. You think it's valid. Okay. I think it's valid. Okay. Senator. So there's no evidence whatsoever, but, you know, some Granite Stater with a swirly straw in a, in a, in a bottle of old panther piss Tells you that there were busloads. Oh, dear God. Well, I believe him. So you think we should verify that before you make an allegation like that? Oh, we need to ver. Holy smokes. As if that's not bad enough. Uh, like I said, this guy is a real Lulu. And, 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 and he's taking a different... Because uh, he also went on, oh, here it is again. Now, this is a candidate for the United States Senate. The world's most exclusive country club. The greatest deliberative body on planet Earth. And so he was interviewed by Ryan Nobles of NBC. About an accusation, uh, unverified, of course. An accusation that he made by a local school uh, 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 about a local school up in New Hampshire. About, of course, wait for it. Kitty litter boxes in schools. This shit will not go away. It is not happening anywhere in the United States of America. But there's somebody in every state in the union who is willing to swear that it is. And Don Bolduck believes granite staters who probably belong in the Ripley's Believe It or Not auditorium under a goddamn bell jar. Because he heard it from a parent. Get the hockey puck. You made it a recent event about children using litter boxes in schools. You know, there's... There's well, no that's not what I said. Okay, well, then tell me what you right. said. I, I heard the audio. So, what, yeah, so uh, what I was talking about is all the craziness going on in our schools. And this is just one of them. And I had a, I had a parent and a student in that audience who came up to me and told me all about it. I've had that all across the state. So I'm only articulating what I heard from Granite Staters, parents and children. Craziness is going on in our schools. So he's just repeating goofy shit. I mean, did, did, did the parent and the student who came up and told him about the kitty litter boxes in the schools, did they also tell him that they got that information uh, via a transmission they received through the fillings in their teeth? 
Or maybe it was a transmission through a flashlight that they got from the CIA via satellite. Well, there's craziness in our state. Senator Hassan is responsible for it. She's doubled down on all the bad education policies out there. So you should be asking her why our children can't read and write to grade level, why we have the lowest scores, why we can't compete in the world, why our children require remedial courses to go to college. It's because she has took her eye off the ball on the future of our nation, and that's our children so and grandchildren. You had a parent tell you yes, that this parent was happening and in the student okay. happening in the schools. Now, yes. The schools come out and said that that's completely false. Well, you know, they, they came out and said they didn't mass children. They came out and said they didn't do a lot of things. They came out and said they didn't mask children. Well, I guess they masked children, you know, to keep them from getting diseases that can kill children. But that's the same thing as saying they're not putting kitty litter boxes, you know, for the cat girls and the cat boys in the potties. Uh, honest to Jesus, I, 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 will, I will never, never, ever really and truly understand the bizarre and, quite frankly, pornographic obsession of Republicans with how people, with, with, with potties. There are no litter boxes. They aren't in Michigan, they aren't in New Hampshire, they aren't in Iowa, and they aren't in Nebraska, and they're goddamn sure not in Florida. Idiots! But it's salacious, and maggots love nothing more than salacious. Because it gives them an opportunity to fantasize. And boy howdy... Can they fantasize? Be grateful that there that 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 Elon, uh, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte, has not come up with his brain implant yet. Because if we could actually see what goes on in those sloppy, thin gray settlings that slosh around between the ears of maggots, if we could actually see that perceive that normal people would run howling and screaming into the night because of the perversity of it. They're obsessed, the, and fascists always are, they're obsessed with deviance. And degeneracy. But every time you turn around, the deviants and the degenerates and the perverts and the sickos and the pedophiles that they run around barking and grunting and hooting about are the Republicans and the maggots. If I wanted to devote the time to it, I could I could enter a search query right now and come up with a story about another busted Republican who was either masturbating in front of a school playground or 
having some sexy time with an underage kid in a seedy motel in Oklahoma. It's who they are. And I think some of them know it. And I think some of them very badly want to be them. Oof. And no, this isn't just some quirky little story or weird little, uh, you know, uh, weird little urban myth that's going around. This shit is central to their idea of the country they want. They want to solve problems that don't exist. They pass sports bans in states where there aren't even one or two kids doing it. But God, it gets the mouth walkers and the knuckle breathers up in an absolutely ammoniac lathered frenzy. Let's catch the end of the clip, shall we? And that's our children and grandchildren. You had a parent tell you yes. that this parent happening and in the student okay. happening in the schools. Now, yes. The schools come out and said that that's completely false. Well, you know, they they came out and said they didn't mass children. They came out and said they didn't do a lot of things, right? They don't teach CRT, which they do. They don't teach chan- transgender, which they do. I'm not backing down, okay? I sure as shit wish somebody had taught me how to transgender. I had to figure it all out on my own. And frankly, it was difficult. Shit, took me about 50 years. <sighs> They're teaching kids CRT. No, they are not. And and so, you know, bless his heart, um, this reporter, Ryan Nobles, is doing, I guess, the best he can. But at some point in time, is there not an does it not become incumbent upon a, 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 a practitioner, a member of the fourth estate, the only profession mentioned in the Constitution of the United States? Does it not become incumbent upon them to look at uh, to, to to look at the the subject they're interviewing and saying, "You do realize you're insane." Or, um, okay, good for you. You're not okay. You're knucking futs. Because Ryan Nobles tweeted out this clip. And, and the tweet says, New, Don Bolduck, only to NBC News, says the school he accused of using litter boxes for children who identify as animals need to prove the claim was wrong. He tells me a parent and a student told him it was happening, and he is, quote, not backing down, unquote. Twitter limits you, of course, to a certain number of characters. 
And so you have to learn to write sort of like a haiku master. Economy of language is everything. But doesn't, by, by just putting it that, would it have been wrong for him to say, Don knew Don Bullduck is not okay. Or knew only to NBC News, Don Bullduck spreads a discredited bigoted rumor. No? And so we get the end of the clip. You got the wrong guy. Just because they say it, they need to prove it. Prove it. I got parents and, and kids telling me they need to prove it to us. We don't, I don't need to prove it to them. And somewhere, somewhere, the ashes of Aristotle reconstitute into his body so that he can bang his head against a wall yelling urethra. Oh my... Dill Harris, do Jesus. And you notice it went from a parent and a student to now he has parents and students. And it's such a sick and slimy, disgusting libel. A slander. That's a libel. This is published. But I guess in America we can't do a goddamn thing about it. No. Let's run over to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Hi, girlfriend. It's Lady B. Hey, Lady B. Girlfriend. How you doing, girl? Oh, you know, just just another cat girl Wednesday. Meow, meow. Oh, my goodness. Meow, meow. I just thought that. I was talking to my twin, I usually do, and uh, I actually told her, I said, but you know what? I got to let you go because I want to hear the rest of Robin's game to make sure she's okay. And she's like, all right, fine. <laughs> well, I apologize. She's not mad. She's, I apologize to your nah, I mean, she knows I'm a super fan. I talk to her every day, and, um, you know, we're that close. So I know she's okay. She's on her way to work, and I am at work, but the building is empty. So hopefully I don't have to whisper anything. And I, I did the bathrooms already, so hopefully there won't be any of that noise in the background. Wonder, um, yeah, they, they, the, the, uh... I, I think of that as Lady B's reverb chamber. Uh, and you know, right? Dude, I was going rec- to drop a whole rap CD in there, but the fan was blowing too loud. So. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I ever asked. Uh, you've referenced your twin. Are y'all, uh, the, are, are y'all identicals or sororals? No, sororals. That's interesting. No, we are fraternal. Uh, sororal, is, that's, that's absolutely right. Uh, we are sisters. We are more sisters than we are twins. We just happen two different eggs developed at the same time or, you know, and um, I have an older set 
although she's lost her sibling, my brother passed. But there were boy and girl twins for me and Evelyn. Oh wow! So y'all y'all run, y'all run the twins. Yeah, my mom was. Uh, she just rolled the dice a couple of times. There was nine of us total. So uh, yeah, that's crazy. But anyway, um, no, no, you were talking about those people who talk about what they say in schools, and you know, you have just like you have folks on the internet who just like to start shit. You've got parents who like to start shit. And because they think that their kid maybe is mistreated or something's not going right that they don't like. Maybe they don't like homosexuality. They damn sure don't like transgender students because it hurts and confuses them. So, and they're thinking, my child is under threat. So I need to fuck it up for everybody else because my child. And I'm thinking the whole time, well, boo, why don't you just take your kid out of that school and then put them where you want them to go? And that way you won't have to worry about, you know, if they're secretly gay or if they have litter boxes or well, but, but, whatever but see, that's, it is. But, Lady B, that's what, that's what gets them upset. What this is is atavistic fear that, you know, they don't like the little trans kids just on principle. But the thing that wakes them up, sits them bolt upright at 3 o'clock in the morning with the sweat pouring off of their heads is, what if my kid's one of those? Oh, God, yeah, right? Because they're all wrapped up in it. I saw, I saw this nasty Facebook page, uh, and, and there was a story about a mother who said, you know, I prayed so hard and I sought the Lord's guidance in the name that I chose for my child. And now my child tells me she wants to be, and it was, a, the child was a female to male trans kid, wants me to call her a different mm-hmm. name. You know, it's like, honey, get off the cross. She, she is, your, 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 your son has his own agency yeah i think that you know i mean i'm not a parent but i have 28 nieces and nephews and that includes the great great and so i've been with my sisters i've been in the hospital room and watched those babies come into the world and um changed their diapers got up the vomit did all of that shit you know um I would think that every parent, and you probably know this, thinks that, you know, wants their kid to be what they think they should be. Maybe that's why, well, for you, when it took you so long to transition, um, you know, and I don't know how your parents were. I know they probably loved you unconditionally. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who, okay, I'm not going to make the same mistakes my parents did. But at the same time, I need them to be a mini me. I want them to become me, whether it's taking over dad's business or getting mom's looks or whatever. I just think there's a lot of parents who want their kids to, you know, be more like them because that's the ideal. And it does seem strange to me, and you're going to kick my ass for this. Um, Well, maybe it's because people are more free to speak. Um, and, and be who they are. Because, you know, right now, I'm sure there's people think, oh my God, this must be an epidemic. You know, every boy wants to be a girl, every girl wants to be a boy, you know, blah, blah, yeah, blah. When in fact, um, it's like, when in fact, it's like 1%, 1% of the population, right? But, but you, yeah. you raise, you raise, you, know, you, you raise an interesting point 
because of all the things that we that 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 we experience as we mature and grow we take the names that we are given as some sort of thing that is carved in stone i'm i'm surprised frankly that more people and i'm not just talking about uh, gender nonconforming people i'm surprised that more people don't go and change their name i mean i was i was i was i was joking earlier about you know maybe i'll change my name to you know uh, Yolo Fafo. Oh yeah, because it's, okay. it's, it's, it's you know because it sounds so very Star yeah, Warsy. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. Sitting down at the end what of the bar, bar there, there with the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, sitting down at the end of the bar with the with the the, the band playing in the back, right? But 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 we don't, and but that's not how. But but that is so Eurocentric. Because other cultures don't even leave the naming of children up to the parents. Wow. What uh, do they, who do they, grandparents name them? Or? Well, no, uh, I'm, I'm thinking in particular the Mexica culture, the, you know, the, the, the Valley of Mexico. I mean, it, it wasn't just the Mexicas. But, oh. but until your seventh birthday, your name was your birthday. So, for instance, in uh, if it had been me... Until my seventh birthday, I would have just been known as January thirty first. <laughs> wow. Okay. And on, and and on your seventh bir- and on your seventh birthday, they take you to the the, the 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 guy who's in charge of the divination books for how to name a kid. Mm-hmm. And that shaman would give you your name. So you'd go from being Jan- I'd go from being January thirty first to I don't know Yolo Fafo. Let's see if there was a uh, if there was one of those slides or whatever they could nail exactly to this who you were. So it'd be like um, she who talks a lot, and the parents are like, "But it's a boy." It's like, "Oh, oh, oh do you have a surprise for me?" <laughs> you are, yeah, um, that's what you, you think, know. right? <laughs> that's what you think, you know. Um, well, I know when I was doing the story on my, my cousin, I have to keep going back and, and cause there'll be stuff that he'll reveal to me later on. And I'm like, Oh shit, there goes chapter one. Let me revise it, you know? Um, but I, um, I mentioned that his name is, and it doesn't matter. He's 82. He's made his mark. His name is Willie Green Phillips. And it's not William. It's Willie. And Green is an interesting name too. Um, that came from his great grandfather. Was that what he had learned during slavery was that they would give the kids the names of their grandparents, one each, and that way they could trace it back. So if you heard Willie Green Phillips, oh, that was Green Phillips' son, uh, and uh, no, I'm sorry, Green Hart's son, and Willie Phillips, uh, um, you know. Green Phillips' grandson, Willie Phillips' son, or you know what I mean, whatever. So I mean, I it, but it was interesting. He said that, yeah. And it's so it, you know, it's 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 uh, um, it, it's it's common in uh, in a lot of cultures. I mean, if you look, if you look at the the Muslim world, the name the, the the name Muhammad is everywhere, and of course the single the the, the single greatest uh, the, the the one person that more people have in common as an ancestor on this planet is Genghis Khan. 
And, oh, yeah. And hence the proliferation of the name Khan. I, here's a fun, you'll, now you'll like this. Here's a here's a fun little naming story that I stumbled onto in my own personal in my own family history. My 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 great grandmother Kincaid was one for naming her children, and so my great grandfather Kincaid was La Viggy Lawrence, and mm-hmm. apparently there was a craze for alliterative names because another grandfather was. Frederick Ferdinand. Now explain, <laughs> explain, explain Ferdinand uh, in 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 the in the hills and hollers of West Virginia. Okay, but there we go. Uh-huh. But this one guy, and he was a brother to my great grandfather, Lavigie Lawrence. His brother's name was Loami Imboden Kincaid. That's wait. Loami, where's that from? Loami Imboden Kincaid. Well, the Imbodens were some fairly wealthy people. They were a well-known family in Virginia, and some of them made it over here. And there was a Colonel Imboden who was wealthy and influential in this area. And he, he mustered up a Confederate cavalry during the Civil War. Damn it. And, 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 and of course, apparently, uh, great-grandma Kincaid just worked the Bible over and over and over, finding <laughs> the names like La Viggy. And she also found Loami. Wow. Lo and so there is no familial relationship in my family tree between the Kincaids and the Imbodens. Or the Gwyns and the Imbodens. But, but nonetheless, Loami Imboden Kincaid. His nickname was Coot, by the way. I actually met him. When I was teeny tiny. Now that's that's other right there. Yeah. Yeah, it, coot. Yep. But I looked up Loami, and there, I, Lady B, I had a moment because I went mm-hmm. son of a gun, and I'm wondering who named the <laughs> child because in the Bible wow. in Hebrew, Loami means you are not my son. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but if she had them, I mean, I know mama's na- baby is daddy's baby. So I'm not sure. Uh, you, but, but maybe okay. maybe it was a dig at her husband. Yeah, I can see that. Who, by the way, his name was Dick Kincaid. Uh, Dick Richard. Dick Really, just straight went for you know. Didn't realize it was going to become kind of a joke. Uh, he um, okay. and apparently he was a notorious alcoholic. Runs in the family, and 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 I can and I can almost envision a circumstance where she's like, oh, "This drunk motherfucker's never going to find this Bible verse." <laughs> And Loami, Loami Imboden, who becomes Coot, you know, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm slurring the name of a of a dead guy. I don't know, but uh, it's it, it's just, it, but maybe maybe she named him, knowing uh, knowing exactly who the daddy was, so so that every so that every so that every time uh, every time Daddy hollered for him, said, Loami, come here. You are not my son. Come here. <laughs> not my son. <laughs> wow. 
Did you think he knew that, though? Do you think he looked it up one day? I don't. I looked it up, but that, that's because we had the internet. If I'd had to pour over the Bible to find Loani, I'd probably yeah. still be ignorant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like Genesis, though. You know, and that was the thing about my cousin. He could sit there and reel off, which is a, which is, it's, it's fascinating to me. My mother never talked about her side of the family. Anything I know, it's about my dad's side. My mother, I told you, was born in 1925 in Arkansas. And, um, her dad, I heard he died in the 50s. So we never met him. Um, but, um, I found out later he was abusive to my grandma. And my grandmother never married after him. She died in 1984 or 82. Um, and so it was just a mystery to me. And I thought one day I wanted to write a book, maybe titled it In Search of My Mother, you know, for many different things, but also her origin. But I'm finding out from my cousin, Will, his great-grandfather and my great-grandfather were brothers. And it, like I said, because of those gaps in age, it's, it's really weird to be talking to a guy who's almost 30 years older than you. And he's talking about, you know, your parents and everything, people I've never met. But when he talks about the family, he can do everything. He can tell you all the names, everything. And I'm like, this guy is such a treasure trove of information because this is shit I had no idea. Um, you know, so what I know about my grandfather, I know from who his grandfather was. And he can take it as a great, great grandfather died in 1926. And, um, and I said, would it be reasonable to say that his father was either an ex-slave or the child of a slave? And I wrote it down the way he said it. He said, why would that not be unusual or something like that? Of course he was. So that's, that's kind of, you know, that's an aside, but that's, that's what I'm learning about my own family. Um, or at least my mother's side about how that works. So it's amazing. And I feel like it's just really good that I got a chance to speak to him about this because I have no idea it would lead to all of this knowledge. But anyway, so what did you think of that Steely Dan list I sent you? I love that. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it, it, it is. And, <laughs> and, and I didn't find a lot of room for disagreement. I, there was like maybe one song I didn't agree with, but other than, and I can't even remember what it was. But I've heard them all, and they're all very good. Um, Steely Dan is my ringtone. FM is my ringtone. No static and, at all. Um, no static at all, boo. And um, I know I was young. I was probably 9 or 10 when it came out. But when the movie came out, I was enchanted. And I know a lot of DJs who just thought, wow, that movie is something else. Because, you know, KRP was a spinoff of that. Yes. So that makes that so incredible. I got to tell you, Black Friday is not my favorite. <laughs> uh, he's talking about stock market, isn't he? Stockbrokers? I, well, I mean, I, he talking about? nominally, nominally, I think it is. Uh, uh-huh. 
but uh, there's something about the guitar riff in that that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't. And by the way, I don't know if Dave Number Eleven is listening, but Dave, happy birthday! Because Dave is another Steely Dan aficionado. But today's Dave's birthday, so happy right birthday, on. Dave! Well, happy birthday, Dave! I can't even think of a Steely Dan song to dedicate to him. We should pretend to be Casey Kasem or something. Somebody calling with a long distance dedication for. But uh, yeah, so. No, but uh, everything's okay so far. Uh, I'm cleaning, and um, God, this one's got so many plants in her windowsill. <laughs> That's the hard part. Dusting around people's valuables, man. It's it's not fun because I've broken one one time. Ooh. Um. Yeah, but uh, no, like I said, everything is okay. It's always interesting to hear about what's going on. Prayers for Darlene and, of course, your little girl. I don't want to keep that stay on that because you, your mind's kind of been relaxed a little bit. But I hope she's okay. Yeah, I did, she kind, will you know, I did kind of get to go somewhere else, and I appreciate that. I needed that. Oh, my gosh, yes, Robin. Shit, yeah, man. But, um, no, everything, you know, right now, everything's cool. I went to um, – I haven't heard you, actually. Did you use my stuff? Because, oh, God, that was so weak. I haven't been able to listen to you. I no, that, need to go I, I, back. The, 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 the Halloween episode, yes, I, I used I used that intro. I loved it. And in fact, I'm looking for the. Oh my god! In fact, I'm looking for the script that I wrote. Um, okay. Because it's got all the but it's got all the effects prompts in it too. But the the the, the, the script alone is is, is it, I liked it when I drafted it, uh, and I sent it off to John Fox, and John's just so damn busy because he. You know, He's in high, he's in high demand mm-hmm. up over down under as a front of house guy, you know, mixer guy, producer guy. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, if he yeah, because you know, like I said, I was using Audacity. I haven't used Audacity in about three or four years, and I'm trying to remember shit. And I'm googling shit. And finally, I called my friend, and she's like, "Let me walk you through it." So I was trying to, because I was looping the beginning, the footprints and the, the thunder, and I'm trying to loop that and um, trying to figure out how much of a uh, thriller I wanted to use in there. But I knew I wanted to end with Vincent Price's laugh. Oh, it, so that much yeah, I that was know. perfect. That was perfect. And, you, <laughs> and, and spe- speaking of which, uh, I, I, in, in, that, in that Vincent Price piece for, for Thriller, my favorite phrase? Yeah. The funk of forty thousand years. Yes, that awesome. I mean, he drops that so smoothly. You know, I mean, it's Vincent Price, and you're thinking, what? What does he know about that? But you know, it could be the smell, or you know, it could be the damn beat. I don't know, but I think he just sounded really cool when he did. He yeah. really did. He yeah. really, really acted his ass off in that, so to speak. He just really delivered, and he had fun with it, and that's what I love about. It. Um, but no, that was that was fantastic. I have to, um, I, I have to look. In fact, I'm doing it right now because uh, I probably okay. haven't. Yeah, there it is. I got to send this to you. Um, okay. Uh, you want to? Um, you want you want to hear the script? You, okay, you, sure. you want to hear, hear the copy? Let's hear uh, your sonorous tone. Read the copy to me, Dave. I mean, because I mean, I can't do it because my voice is all wrong for it now. But it's a, 
Here we go, live from behind the cornpone <laughs> curtain. It's head on with Robin Kincaid. Three hours of cussing and discussion with America's only liberal transbilly elitist right here, right now on the Head On Radio Network. <laughs> Brought to you in part by Coal River Mountain Watch, who invites you to be part of the uprising against mountaintop removal, crmw.net. And now from high in the hills of West By God, Virginia, here she is, Robin Kincaid. And, um, cool. and, and, and like I said, the, uh, the uh, effects are kind of written in there. Let me do this uh, just no while I'm uh, Okay. Okay, forward. Um, I mean because if you if you have the music track laid out exactly how you want it. Well, I don't. And I just need to pause or whatever. Uh but it, it, it yeah, I think uh let's see. I'm just trying to pick the Uh, well, you'll see it. It's, oh, com- it's, hear me. it's coming to your. Okay. Uh, it's coming to your. Uh, your My main. Uh, well, your Gmail account. Okay, that's fine. And would you want me to just lay down those vocals without the music? Just like I said, if you have the cues. Yeah. Then yeah. I should follow. And okay. then I can, and then I can get somebody. Uh, I, I can get somebody to do the the the, the background and. and Mix your and mix mix your announce into the in, into the into the bed. Oh, that'll be awesome! Yeah, I'm sorry I can't do the whole. You know, I'm more talent. She's the talent. I know. Uh, I know. You know. I can I, do yes, a little. I'm the talent. Too. I'm the talent too. I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> I am not supposed to be the the, the the engineer here. I don't even have. You no, do a damn good job. I don't even have no stripe at overalls. You do. Yeah, you know what the hell I'm telling you. Or they sit there and tell you stories and shit, you know. Unlike woodshot workers, though, they're not missing fingers, so that's a good thing. At least, you know, they didn't electrocute themselves too badly. Um, we had an engineer named Charlie. God dang it, he's been dead for a while. Old dude. And he'd go to the radio conventions and he'd say, everybody talks about how tall their tower was. And he says, well, we only have like maybe a 100-foot tower, but it sits at 11,000-foot base. So, you know, because all of our towers have to be up on Cheyenne Mountain, which is near Pikes Peak. So uh, Pikes Peak is 14,000 feet, and Cheyenne's 11,000 feet. Wow. But I'm just bragging about my – yeah, yeah. We are, we are higher than Denver. In fact, Denver's cheating because they went to the capital – and they went up a few steps, and then they put the little marker up there saying this is a, a mile high. But we sit at 6,000 feet above sea level. I'm just curious, you know, because we go off down these roads. It's not always current events when we go. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, I know. So, like, when you, when, you, when you went to school in Mississippi, mm-hmm. did, did breathing down there fuck with you after growing up in Colorado? If anything, I think it was the humidity. Yeah, because the air's um, wet. Because it's wet. I bought some lotion and all this other shit. I went down there, took a shower, put it on, and went outside, and that was miserable. And they're like, bro, you don't need lotion down here. There's no basement in the Alamo, you know? So, <laughs> you ain't going to ash- like, wow. get ashy down here. <laughs> you ain't going to get ashy down here. So I had, um, so yeah, I didn't need lotion, and my hair did great. Um, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. And the funny thing is, Colorado, the springs in particular, 
had become a haven for tuberculosis. And somebody explained that to me. Um, I can't remember the complete reason why, because I thought, well, we're, we're so high up. How could that be better for them than lower altitude? And I, I don't think it has something to do with dryness and, and the nature of tuberculosis. Yeah, it, it's, like it's, it's the dry air. It's the same reason they send, uh, the, you know, again, uh, tuberculosis, tuberculosis patients to, you know, southern Arizona. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, my sister actually had one of those huts behind her house um, for many years. And then when she sold the house, the new owners, you know, she was using it as a storage space at that point. But the new owners tore it down. But yeah, the tuberculosis huts around town and everything like that. But no, yeah, as far as going down south, it's always been the humidity. Because we used to go to Mississippi every year with my dad. And uh, he'd sit there just as comfortable as you please. And him and my granddad would just sit there. And we're like in the house, like, why don't you have an air conditioner? You know, stuff like that. So, See, that's, that's, that's how uh-huh. I am. That's why I get into such a deep little funk. There's that word again. Uh, every time, every time winter comes on, because uh, I mean, my friends in Alabama are like, "Oh, it's so hot!" Oh, you know, ninety-five. I'm like, I love that shit. I love that. Wow. Uh, just to, you know, and I mean, it just and and it, it's it's a real problem because I do love it because you know, pale pink girl. Uh, mm-hmm. But 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 no, the humidity down. Uh, Back, oh God, like when I was twenty or so, and before my hairline started marching backwards. Um, <laughs> actually, I think that's called a retreat. Um, Just call it your brain growing bigger, and so your hair couldn't. But my, uh, 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 like September of nineteen eighty three, when I went to WVU for the first time, my hair was down past my uh, down past my collar, and I would jump in the shower. Uh, and you weren't where is that? Where is that station? What? Where is that? WVU. Where is that station? I know the call. Yeah. Oh no no no! Uh, that's that's West Virginia University. Um, oh okay okay. Yeah, yeah. You were still in town because I was going to say I thought yeah. they'd call you goddamn hippie or something. Uh, but uh, I, I got there and I'd, I'd been on an archaeological dig all summer, and my hair was way long, and mm-hmm. all I had to do was shampoo it, shake it, you know, shake it out like a like a, a golden retriever, and it would hang. It would it. it I'm not kidding. It was it was all ginger and shit, but it would hang like Jerry curls. Oh my! God. There you go. I see you with the squirt bottle, man. I got to tell you that. But but that you know any and and you know Morgantown gets humid, but that, uh, anytime anytime it's it's humid, my hair to this day will go, whoop, yeah, you know, and just these gorgeous wow. these gorgeous curls and yeah. You know. Well, see, no, just dig that, but I, you know, humidity was hell. If you had, a, uh, unless you were native, you know, and if you had uh, gotten your hair pressed, and this was something my mom was good at, um, and that humidity, I mean, if you're from there, it didn't seem to affect you, but if you were down there and you got your hair pressed, the blessed woman, that wasn't good for it, you know? I mean, humidity is good for the hair, the moisture was just for the hair, but it was hell on the press. So, you know, but whatever, man. This is oh, going and, back into old days. And uh, uh, by huh? the way, yeah, I know we got to save our relatability for our friends. Um, Why well, I tell you, <laughs> uh, Dave number eleven wrote back and said thank you and greetings from my all my all too mobile home. That's as deep of a Steely Dan reference as I can muster right now. 
Oh, uh, okay, okay, then, dude. I, I, I mean, I cannot think of shit right now, except just listen to Asia. That's such a great fucking album. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it is. It, and, and, you know, I think Gaucho is my second favorite. Gaucho's good, too, because Gaucho's got Pretzel Logic, right? No, no, Pretzel, no, pretzel Logic is, uh, is, is a separate it's thing. It's on KDY. Yeah. And uh, uh, okay. Gaucho is Babylon Sisters and Gaucho and, oh, God, what? Um, mm-hmm. And I love, I love, I love, I love that, um. I love the lyrics to Gaucho. Uh, okay. What, what do you think? Of course he can't sleep on the floor. What do you think I'm screaming for? <laughs> See, I don't think I've heard Gaucho then. Uh, glamour, profe- glamour profession? Dude, okay. All right. Let me dig up some Gaucho and download it on my Spotify because I've got best of, I've got... Uh, Asia, I've got uh, KD Lied. Um, shit, man. I don't know. I mean, we're geeks. Your audience is like, fuck these two. But honestly, man. <laughs> no, I, there's I, a lot of I'm, Steely Dan fans out there, and don't get us started on Little Feet. They are just so amazing, you know. Five words I can hardly stand to hear. Including Clean yours and mine, mine one and more trip who isn't here. Yeah. I can see the ladies yeah, talking. this. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, that's what I'm saying. They always, and he had such a matter of fact storytelling, you know. And just, and, and you know, so, I think was, we I think we talked about this before. Um, I, I love one of my favorite songs is Haitian Divorce. Oh yes, yes. And that As is, she comes back. With who's that kinky soul? <laughs> but that's that's one of the very yeah. few songs that they write in the third person. Yeah, that's true. Because most of them are most of them are first person confessionals. That's true. Uh, Think about when he's talking about um, when he was talking about why he hates um, what's that? He never wants to go back. I'm never going back to my old school. Yeah, but the one he was talking about. I, yeah, I was smoking with the boys upstairs when I heard about the whole affair, and basically she was caught and caught with the girls. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, yeah, I cannot remember that one, but um, yeah. Well, you know, but he is—he's talking like and he's just, talking you know, the, just the word—the word portrait. Going back to Haitian divorce, you know, you can see these yeah. people. Babs and Clean Willie yeah. were in love, they said. So in love, the preacher's face yeah. turned red. You can see him getting it on red, at the yeah. altar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then they divorced, but then she came back, and everything was cool, and then the baby was born. And it was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a great song. Um, any world that I welcome to is a nice one. Yeah. yeah. I think that he's getting a little bit... Um, I just can't think of the big words my fucking college taught me. Um, you know, where he's, you know, if I had my way, I would move to another lifetime. I'd quit my job. Um, you know, what's that? You, you know the lyrics to that. It's such a beautiful song. Oh, it, it's a yes. great song. Yeah, and, uh, I think he's just feeling some holly there or something like that. Um, and then, you know, Walter Beck is gone, so that's, 
I've often wondered, he's, I've never read anything about how he felt about that. I suppose he could get like calling out and say, we have always been separate. We were never a team. We were separate musicians. I'm like, no, you weren't. No. Daryl Hall might have been, but John no, Allen. That, and and you know what? That, that Australian girl who lives in my phone uh, decided I needed to hear <laughs> She's Gone the other day. And. Oh wow! Okay, what, what are you trying to say? I don't. I don't know what she. I don't know what she's thinking. I'm not in charge. Uh, <laughs> but but that that that. What what is it? I need a I need a drink and a quick decision. There's one. Yeah. Why can't I think of it? Tell me, and I'll, I'll say, "Oh shit, I need that." And and and. Oh, oh yes, oh, she's gone. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, maybe you do need a drink and a quick decision. Maybe she's a psychic. You never know. And, and you yep. know, the, and the, like, the, the drug references in Steely Dan, Ruthie will give you the silver key to open the red door, lay down your Jackson, and you will see the sweetness you've been crying for. Oh, my God, yeah. When you talk about the ladies in the, um, in the opium den. Yeah. Um, was that Dr. Wu? No, Dr. Wu. Dr. Wu was the drug dealer. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites, "Time Out of Mind." Way too young to understand what the fuck he was talking about. My nephew's like, "Yeah, that heroin runs like quicksilver." Oh, oh, okay, shit. But you know, you talking about chasing the dragon or something, but chasing that heroin high. Still a great well, song, you know. And 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 the the, the fact that I remember when that's my memory. I remember when that song came out. <laughs> And like within mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, there was a sixty-minute segment about chasing the dragon, and the problem. I did not know that. And the and the, and the and the I think it was sixty minutes. And the problem of young Wall Streeters going to Central Park and scoring some smack oh. and smoking it, because that's what chasing wow. the dragon was: was smoking heroin in a piece of aluminum foil. What aren't Wall Street fucking people on? Is it Adderall now? Oh, what are God. they taking? Popped up on the goofball. <laughs> anyway. Okay, thank you, Joe Friday. So, yeah. I, <laughs> that sounds my favorite movie. I like Convoy, too. It's kind of corny, but Mr. Uh, Stopperson was open hot. Um, you know, so shit like that. There's a little bit about me, but let's talk more about me. Anyway, Robin, I know we have crossed over the top of the hour. We have. And I know you want to get on. So I'm going to let you go, but I I thought I'd add a little sparkle to your eye. Oh, you did, and I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, girlfriend, because you deserve all the blessings, and your baby baby girl, she is wonderful, but she will be just fine. And um, I just want you to know we're all on your side. And when I get some money Friday, I'm gonna send you a little bit. But there's no reason for you oh, to be honey. in the hole. We need you. We are out of the hole right now. We are actually twenty five bucks to the good for tomorrow. How well, there often, we go. Yeah, that's okay. that's amazing. How often happens? Yeah, that's true. That's because people love you. It's amazing, man. You get to do what you love. There's always a way. People say that shit. I hate it that you have to stress out, but it always seems to work out a little bit for you. It does. It does. And, uh, I mean, you know, I, 
I sit here, I sit here, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, yeah, I, I guess I'm the internet version of a busker who can't sing. <laughs> but, you know, but, but every, wow. just every evening, like, open up the guitar case and hope something falls in. Yeah, you know, somebody put the candy wrappers in there a couple of times. So. Yeah, well, you know, but, it's, it's um, like Jesus said, the assholes you're always going to have with you. <laughs> the poor and the assholes. Sometimes. No, but I'll tell you one more thing, though. I said FM is my favorite song. It's my second. My first favorite song of all time is Jerry Rafferty's Home and Dry. Oh, because you, you mentioned you mentioned Buskers, and that's what reminds me. Everybody knows Baker Street. Everybody knows and pays Baker Street the absolute proper respect it deserves. It's at number two on Billboard charts. Home and Dry only got to number twenty-five. But I fucking love that song, and no, this is I do too. I, know I, it. I absolutely do too. And let me let me just make a suggestion. And by the way, I can't wait to to see what you think of the copy for the intro. Um, okay. But uh, just you know, I'm I'm all wrapped up in time and 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 place and 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 ambiance, and so oh, yeah. I yeah. I, yeah. I always have to wait until November first to play two songs. You know, I only play okay. I only I only play Earth, Wind, and Fire September in September. That's yeah, because I'm That's a, a meme, you know. Twenty yeah. first night of September, somebody made a meme out of it. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, because I'm a weird. Uh, but you you, you you know I'm a path- I'm, I'm I'm a hopeless little Al Stewart fan girl, and he's got, oh my god yes he's got so many lyrics that are so freaking good, uh, yes again word pictures, and so he they're... comes out of the sand in a silk dress running like a watercolor in the rain. Huh? Oh God! <laughs> And 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 is it that gorgeous? Oh, it is. Like, it, the it, Peter Lorre. Yeah, and 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 the Peter Lorre. And and the and the 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 fact that you know I fell in love with that song the first time I heard it, and I think it was seventh grade. And the the little epiphanies that happened because of what I've done, I realized that all these years I've loved that song. I've identified with the girl and not the narrator. I want to be the one who comes out of the sun in a, in, a, in a silk dress running like a watercolor in the rain. That's me. My God. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there's a, there's that, a, that is beautiful. Oh, it is, and well, there's, and, and there's a song I only listen to in November. Um, it, it's off of the album that came out before year of the cat. He was moderately famous. Uh, the name of the song is mm-hmm. not the one. And okay, you no, want to, you'll have to just check it out. But the lyric begins, it's the kind of gray November day that drive that, um, no, it's the kind of gray November day that washes away reflections in the eyes of hotel porters. And the latticed wooden benches by the sea contain no travelers or Irish lady authors. And again, wow. not, not identifying with the narrator, um, uh, and the girl in the raincoat wa- walks the lanes of Brighton with her collar turned against the wind and huddles in doorways and secondhand bookshops among the dust and fading print. It's almost like he's trapped in time. And, you know, like if you ever watch Poirot on TBS or anything like that, that time period. Yeah. And, and it's just so quaint and beautiful. 
you know. Um, and, and, and well, he said that, that he wanted to capture a, a moment in time. And that's what makes his song so charming. And you hear, it sounds like a spinneret almost at the beginning of... Um, yes, yes. It was late December, I turned the town. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, and and so, there's uh, there, there's there's another there's another line in another song uh, on on Year of the Cat called if it, uh, the song's called if it doesn't come naturally leave it. And when okay. the when the when when it when it finally became unbearable, um, and I knew I had to do something. Again, that lyric was there waiting. Oh, wow. for, that lyric was there waiting for me. Well, I'm up to my neck in the crumbling wreckage of all that I wanted from life. I looked for respect. All I got was neglect. Oh, I swallowed their line as the, as the sign of the times. And dealing a jack from the back of the pack, they said, you lose again. Wow. And, no, and, there's, and there's a line in there about, and I tried all the time to be straight. Jeez. And, 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 and the, I think the does that for you. I mean, those guys say what, what what you're feeling in your heart, and that's why I think people identify so much with certain musicians and certain songs. And then to have something as lovely and lilting as um, Al Stewart's lyrics and um, his voice, you know, you could tell it's English. And, and, and the other thing that the gra- and the other thing that the great artists recognize is that once they create and put it out into the into the into the void. It's no, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. the, okay, rights and law stuff, you know, bullshit. But it's no longer theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may have intended one thing, but it's going to be interpreted in myriad different ways. You know, the, 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 Mona, the Mona Lisa's smile yeah. uh, is, is, is a great well, example. A good song that has many interpretations. Oh, for fuck's sake, and I just forgot it. Um, but it's... Uh, you know, everybody's always trying to figure out the lyrics. So, you know, I'll fucking email it to you because it totally escaped my mind. And like I said, I know you said that the group podcast or pod being is going to jump down your shit. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, anyway. Um, well, I have, one other song. I, have, I have one other song for you. And this okay. one, this one's really obscure. You'll have to go on YouTube for it. Um, it's, okay. a, it's a duo uh, named Grace and Tony. And the, no, the, the and the name of the song is simply November, and those are the two songs I, I, I only I only play them in November. It's kind of, it's it's kind and it's okay. kind of like and it's kind of like Alistair's time passages. I only play that in December. It was late in December. The sky turned okay. to snow all day all, yeah, all around the day. It was going down low. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But night like a river beginning flow. to flow. Yeah, time yeah. passes. Um, yes. I have a song too. My theme, I hope someday. I might have been queen by Tina Turner. Ooh. What a great song. I, well, and, and by the way, Ken. The yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said she said, um, I, I remember the girl in the field with no name. She had a love. The river won't stop her. But she's like, I'm a new pair of eyes every time I'm born. An original mind because I just died, and I'm searching through the wreckage for some great recollection that I might have been queen. For every sage that's born, there's an ancient child. But I just, I just love it. I mean, she, she's she's oh, liberated wow. from Ike, she's, and she's just, she's just amazing. 
is absolutely amazing in that song. So. What was just the, the gentleman who wrote in? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Ken, uh, who called in earlier, Ken wrote in and said, I absolutely adore your chats with Lady B. And I adore Steely Dan, uh, and I adore Steely Dan music as a fan and a drummer. Asia is my favorite. Oh, he's a drummer. Oh, God. Okay. Never date drummers, right? Uh, I know. Drummers. Yeah, God, it, it, yeah as, as some, yeah, as somebody who can, do, who can divide, who, who can divide a minute into a hundred and, a uh, hundred and, 38 beats, but can't make a three o'clock call. There you go. Okay. I know. Okay. And yes, he's married and he loves her, but you know, every once in a while, well, we have great conversations. Yeah. And, and Jackson, and and Jackson Brown on drummers, uh, the song, the song, the song Rosie on running on empty. You know, who has a beautiful drum is, uh, listen to Toto. And the song is called, um, oh, God damn. It's just, the song is, but at the end of the song, on the fade out, Jeff Curl starts really going in on one of the nicest, I wish I knew the terminology, but he just, he does it beautifully. And it's a song by Toto. Everything they do is good. You know, they're all studio musicians. Their vocals were never killer, but their music is awesome. And, and, uh, and, right, and Africa is so catchy, you never really notice that it's absolute gibberish. But you know what? It's still a great song. Oh, yes, it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it might be, um, you are the flower. I'm not sure. Um, but, um, yeah, hold the line is great. Um, all of it is good. You know, 99's not kind of catchy. Georgie Porgy was the one we thought was done by a black group for years ago. Yes. Um, that, you and, know, and, and the oh, Australian yeah. girl in my phone played that for me the other day. Uh-huh. You're a beautiful I... woman. Uh, let me let you go, because i got to go too, girl. All right. I've got all right, to start right, right. Yeah, Yes, yes. you got to go. It's, it's lovely. And the conversation's been Didn't wonderful. The and the copy is in your yeah. inbox. You are and you are wonderful. Do you, do you want me to shower you with compliments, girl? No, no, please. No, I you got you. are the bitch. Walk up in the door. You are it. You are snazzy. You are on top of it. You are just absolutely incredibly brilliant, talented. You are just wonderful, and you deserve all the flowers, sweetheart. Okay. Thank you, lady. You are babe. our girl. And we love you, girlfriend. We love you. Okay, that's why we keep coming back. So Thank you. You take it easy. Okay, I'm, going, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to sit here and focus on getting the upload done, and then I'm going to go in and read a book or something and doze off. And... Okay, good and that sleep well. Okay, you gave me some good hands, and everything will be just fine, sweetheart. Okay. Thank you. Thank so you. So you can do that though, because I'm going to take that now, but I got to go. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought I thought I thought I heard the reverb. Girl, you have a beautiful evening. Okay. Sweetheart, take care. Okay, Robin. Yeah, right. We'll do. I'll bye. talk to you later, honey. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. What a treat for the end of the program. Just a couple of old DJ chicks hanging out rapping. I love that. Thank you, Lady B. And thanks to all of you for joining in. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you to 
our a la carte contributors. Thank you so very much this evening for bringing us up even and getting us a little bit into tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this little ongoing dialogue in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to uh, our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to uh, Brother Bishop Steve in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way in about 27 minutes. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is headon.live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for environmental justice and human rights in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Wear your masks. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And uh, if some weird dude with a New Hampshire accent comes towards you saying, well, I know it because somebody whose name I don't know done told me. Uh, No, I can't prove to you who it was. Now, avoid that maggot like the plague because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.